Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Over 228, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. We have, we have to change that intro. It's no longer just from Asmacore Studios. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's all spread out now. This is, yeah, from Studio B as well? Yes. Well, okay, so what happened this week? Rex Tillerson got fired by Tweet. This is the man who everyone said it was a bad idea to put in the position in the first place. You know, because he's just a he's a an oil man. He's a businessman, right? He's the type of guy that Trump is really attracted to. And so this is a really bad idea. And then he called Trump a fucking idiot, and everyone loved him. And now they're sad he's gone. <laughs> and that's about it, right? For uh, well, that's I guess that's the Tillerson legacy in a nutshell. What the? See Rex, have a good one. At, at, at this point, is anyone shocked when someone else gets fired from this administration? No, I mean it's it's become old hat. It's like killing characters off on The Walking Dead. Now it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> We know he's not going to get rid of Pence. We know he's not going to get rid of himself. And we know he's not going to get rid of his family. So there's Rick, Daryl, Michonne. Yeah. But even The Walking Dead killed Carl. <laughs> like, <laughs> to Trump's, and, and His usefulness was up, though. That's the <laughs> Yeah. He impregnated Maggie. That's it. She extracted resources from him and sent him on his way. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't fire Kushner. But he did have a security clearance revoked. Well, actually, he didn't have his. He had his job revoked. He couldn't get a security clearance, and that's why they had to take him out of his position of solver of everything. <laughs> couldn't get the security clearance. Figure out and, that pesky Middle East problem. Right, but yeah. So, so Tillerson used to be just uh, another big businessman who would, you know. Uh, who would just be in the position to uh, further his own wealth and then quickly turned into one of the adults in the room, of which I don't think there's any left except for H.R. Uh, McMaster. Is he still on? What time is it? There's still... <laughs> I mean, there's, stuff? What? There's, there's rumors that, uh, that he's going to be moving his way out of the White House as well. So all of this happens uh, right around the same time that Trump just seems to off the cuff say, yeah, I'll sit down with Kim Jong-un. Mind you, this is when Obama said that he would sit down with world leaders like Kim Jong-un and other dictators, he was widely criticized. That you can't just say that you're going to sit down and talk to world leaders without having a clear plan and with without saying that the... That there needs to be certain terms that need to be agreed to, to. You know, having a sit down with the president of the United States is a privilege, and you got to pay tribute, right? And and also, if this is going to be a successful meeting, 
There's going to be some tribute that's going to be paid to North Korea as well. We don't know any of this. I mean, the, the White House is backing off of it almost immediately. But <clears throat> I guess it is kind of scary that there's not many, quote-unquote, adults left in the White House at a time where we have this opportunity to, well, I guess this is, an, this is a kind of a crossroads, right, this meeting. This is either an opportunity to worsen relations or strengthen them. Why do I feel like this is like the coyote meeting the roadrunner? Um, which one's a roadrunner? Doesn't matter. Okay. Quite, quite honestly, somebody's got somebody's holding a string attached to a box, you know, somewhere. There's, something's got Acme written on it. There, there's a uh, there's a gotcha somewhere in there. Yeah. Like, uh, like, is this Trump trying to be coy? Like, hey, I'll meet with him. Why not? Hey, let's sit down. Like, who? I don't fucking know. Well, I think this is Trump who has less people with a clear idea and, and looking to actually guide the president in the White House and more yes men. So he's free to shoot from the hip the way he does. Hey, I'll sit down with him. Smack him around a bit. Get him in line. Yeah. Don't Why worry not? about it. When Trump does it, he's a maverick. When Obama does it, he's a traitor. Right, well, it was, uh, he was, oh, stumping for whatever Republican was running down in, uh, what was it, in Missouri? What was the big race that everyone was following this week? Pennsylvania? Was it Pennsylvania? Okay, well, maybe this was a different one then. He, this, I thought he was, uh, he was stumping for the candidate there. This was in, in Missouri. He was talking to... <clears throat> He had a polit- uh, fundraiser, you know, so this is all his people. This isn't a rally where just anybody could get in and it's going to be on television. But, I mean, you should know by now, you can't speak to a group of people without somebody recording that shit, even if it's the bus boy in the back. These days, yeah. And, of course, it got out that, you know, because this is... <laughs> This is why the idea of Trump sitting down with Kim Jong-un without anybody with a clear plan kind of overseeing this is scary because this is an example of Trump's foreign policy. When he met with Trudeau, he challenged him on the fact that trade deficit that the U.S. has with Canada, right? Now, let's set aside a couple facts like, A, it's not true that there's a trade deficit, with Canada, and also B, that trade deficits, even though they sound like a bad thing, aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's not like Canada owes us a bunch of money or something. <laughs> so it's, it's just a misunderstanding of trade policy in general. But he insisted that there was a trade deficit there, and he talks about why he, why he believes this, right? It's, he didn't look at any numbers because there are no numbers to show him that there's a trade deficit. Did he hear things? Is that why he believes it? No, he just knows how to. He knows how to read situations, right? He he talks about. He says he he, he says I didn't even know. I had no idea. Right? He confesses to not knowing whether it was true that the U.S. had a trade deficit with Canada, and goes on to say that 
it was because he knew going into the meeting that the Canadians were really smart about trade and the U.S. was really stupid. This is being based off the idea that, you know, the, the previous uh, eight years under Obama, we had horrible trade policies and we were just letting business flee from our country and running and running all these trade deficits with, and and other countries owing us money through NATO. Which he has no idea how any of these things work, but all he knows is feelings. He knows that Canada must be doing something right, and we must be doing something wrong. So he says, uh, "Well, here's the quote." Uh, nice guy, nice looking guy comes in. Donald, we have no trade deficit. He's very proud because everybody else, you know, we're getting killed. I said, wrong, Justin, you do. You're wrong. You know why? Because we're so stupid. <laughs> or, <laughs> to sound strategy? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, maybe you should have clarified. I, I guess I understand what he means there is that we have until now, until Trump has come and, and saved us from the rest of the world, that we have been so stupid up until then, and he's here to straighten it out. Um, it's, of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about this and said, well, the president was accurate because there is a trade deficit, and that was the point he was making, is that he didn't have to look at specific figures because he knew that there was a trade deficit. Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> don't you have to at least... Well, maybe you I don't have say, to look I, at it, but doesn't somebody at least need to tell you the actual numbers on it? They finally found the perfect fit for press secretary for him. Right. I'll give him that. What she's really saying there is that he just happened to be right, even though he's wrong and she's wrong. But in her mind, we do have a trade deficit. Trump didn't know. He spoke out of his ass and just happened to be right. That's your defense of this man. <sighs> Does it surprise you at this Fake point? Fake news. Everything's possible. Nothing's real. It's just whatever your perceptions, your reality at this point. It does not. Ma it does not matter. It does not matter how many facts are thrown out. Thirty percent of the people are going to fucking. When he unzips his fly and shoves that fucking Cheeto dick down their throat, they're going to swallow whatever he gives them to swallow. And they're going to say, thank you, sir, can I have another? And then there's, what, another probably 10, 15, 20% who are just because he's, he, he's a Republican are going to go, well, I'm not going to suck his dick, but I mean, I'll give him a hand job. I won't make eye contact with him or nothing, you know? <laughs> hey, but I'm not going to leave him hanging. And then, and then everyone else is just not everyone else, but there's a good portion of people who are just like, this is ridiculous. This is this is literally a clown show in the White House on a daily basis. I mean, at this point, I'm almost starting to wonder. Remember the the the, the Clinton scandal of they were renting out the Lincoln bedroom? Yeah, I do remember that. Or the talk of that they were doing that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Trump they, they were profiting off of the the. The station of the president of the United States. Yes. I wonder if Trump is offering his business buddies, like, pay me a couple million and I'll let you, I'll let you be on my cabinet, be in my administration, and then I'll just fire you and I'll bring in somebody else. Yeah. It's almost like they're, tour, they're, they're, they're tourists through this fucking thing.
Yes. Seriously. It, it reminds me of the scene in Fight Club. Um, Omarosa was allowed to be in it. That's, Why not? Does it get any more three-ring circus than that? I mean, seriously? Mm-hmm. Well, also, given the situation where if you do accept a position at the White House, you are likely to be embroiled in some kind of scandal or forced out shamefully, you know, humiliated in some way that there, it might, it, it might not or you just leave. It might actually, I mean, for some people, it's been good for their career. You could, you could argue that Scaramucci is, uh, you could argue that for some people, it's been good for their career, like Scaramucci. He spent very little time in the White House and has it has come back tenfold in TV appearances. Yeah, now people know who the fuck he is. Right, but for most people, they they don't get to go out with their head held high, and they may have to testify at a later date still. So when you have a situation where there's no advantage to... Well, I mean, take out the the fact that you enter public office because you want to make change, you know. Maybe you believe that Trump is a loose cannon, but if you get in there and start steering that cannon, you can point it at the right things and get some stuff done, all right? That's clearly not happening, so that's that's off the table. So what's left? Personal profit in your own career? That's kind of a toss-up. I'd say even odds are you're more likely to be damaged by a job at the White House at this point than you are to to come out with a book deal. So the only option left for somebody to entice them to go to the White House is pure personal profit. Find a way to to work the system, make, make some connections while you're there, get out and build a business off of that. You know, it, well, not what everybody does anyway. They just lie about it. No, it's not. It's not. You don't really believe that, or you wouldn't. You wouldn't be so comfortable. You'd be. You'd be crying bloody murder in the streets if you honestly believe that that there wasn't a single politician that most had most of them. I didn't say all of them. Not even most. most not even most. You think most of those people that isn't a power grab? This isn't just a stepping stone. To help I think you- it's. A, I think uh, um, uh, for most people, it's an it's a way to feed their ego. I mean, power is has its own seduction, certainly. But that doesn't mean that that's mutually exclusive from the idea of getting something done, and making change, making this country better in some way. I mean, even if you disagree, there's a lot of people out there that I disagree with tactics-wise, but still I would have to admit that they are noble in their purpose. The end results might be abhorrent, but they are making the change that they think is bettering the country. You know, whether it's introducing God into more things or, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I just have to be ever vigilant. Cat is fucking with this over here, threatening to knock shit down. There's okay. new shit up, so I must fuck with it. All right, but let, let's let's back up here. We're we're getting into pure hyperbolic territory. Well, wait here. a minute. Let's, I wanted let's to talk I, in reality. I wanted to get back to. I was just wondering if he's if if Trump's so worried about about trade to where he wants. You're, you're like not even on your mic. You got to get that shit close to your mouth. If if uh, Trump's so worried about trade <laughs> that he wants to enact all these tariffs, 
then why and we're running a trade deficit with Canada cat coonery then why are Canada and Mexico exempt from the tariffs that he wants to impose because uh, those are our two biggest trading partners and somebody pulled them aside and said <laughs> yeah, all right look I'll give you tariffs on these countries Would you like to meet but the cat you're seriously going to be hurting a lot of industries here in the US if you do this on Canada and Mexico <laughs> somebody probably just talk some sense into it. All right. So, I mean, I hope you're right because it actually gives me hope that you can talk sense into the man. Well, right. But that person might have been Tillerson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, thank you for talking sense into me. There's the door. <laughs> you know who he hasn't fucked with? Mad Dog. He hasn't fucked with Mattis. And I understand that I, Mattis doesn't work exclusively in the White House sitting right next to Trump. But he pretty much lets Mattis do what the fuck he's going to do. I mean, is that just because he's a fucking Marine general? Maybe he's actually scared of him. I mean, I mean, it's okay. First of all, the man's never been married. So obviously he doesn't have the Trump weakness, the Clinton weakness, the, the Kennedy weakness. You can't you can't ply him a pussy. He they called him, you know, uh, the the the. I, who knows, man? But I mean, they called him like uh, you know he lived like a, the the was it the four star monk because of how he lived his life. I mean, very Spartan and economical and everything. So it doesn't seem like you know money and power is gonna is gonna be what gets him off. He doesn't he does he doesn't fuck with Mattis. He lets him pretty much do whatever he's gonna do. Which is interesting because I don't think I've heard anything as far as his opinion about this meeting with North Korea. I haven't heard any statement released by Mattis at all. Well, I mean, he's Secretary of Defense, right? So diplomacy is not his forte. It's not supposed to be. Yeah, he, yeah. He's the one who has to make decisions based on how this meeting goes, if it even goes. Yeah, but you think he would go to he would go to Trump and go, look, you're going to have to get them to agree to put a halt to their nuclear program until the meeting or something. Oh, yeah. You know, like some sort of some sort of. I'm sure he was. I'm, I'm sure that's I mean, the White House didn't just pull a stance on it. It, it, does, it can't get a position from the president because he doesn't have uh, he doesn't have positions. He has just reactions. Right. So. Kim Jong-un says he wants to meet with them. Hey, I'm a maverick. I make decisions. Uh, tell him yes. And then the White House has to scramble to figure out what does that mean. So I'm sure Mattis was one of those people figuring out exactly what that means. Okay, well, we can agree to a meeting, but these terms have to be agreed to first. It just seems funny for someone who... I don't know... It, it, wants to project this take no shit you know i'm the i'm the hnic i'm the biggest dick in the room doesn't want to fuck with you know a, a, a former general that's 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 a bridge too far for him you know mm -hmm. but he is kind of a pussy isn't he I, Trump? I, I have no doubt he's a chicken shit he's a bully if he, he doesn't did, if he doesn't he think just he can fired bully tillerson him. over twitter yeah that's a bitch move it's a bitch move, Santa. 
But no, I mean, it, he's a bully. If he thinks he can bully you, he will. Look at look at who, even before he was elected president, look at all the people he went after in the press. It's ridiculous. What a baby. And then he gets in a room with someone like Howard Stern, who, if he pissed Howard he Stern off, let's be honest, Howard Stern would destroy him. Howard Stern would, would spend a year shitting on Trump. He would have producers making... Goofy ass fucking, you know, skits about him and shit. Right. Everything in the world. Dig up anything they could. Talk to any hooker that's ever fucking let him piss on her or whatever the fuck he's into. And it would be the end of Trump. He knew better. He went in there and he didn't even, he, he basically played nice. Even with his, even with his, uh, his roast. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got up there and got roasted and it was like, Oh, yeah, you got me. Does that seem in character for him? I mean, honestly, to sit there and take that shit for two hours? He couldn't even take fucking Zeth Myers and Obama busting his balls about, yeah, you'll never do my job, to the point where he was like, oh, really, motherfuckers? Guess who's got the job now? It's just all very narcissistic and childlike, and it's it's just tiresome because it's... It's like arguing with a child. It's like sitting around talking about how do we reason with this fucking three-year-old. You don't. But you can't put him in timeout, and you can't take your belt off and put it across his fucking ass a few times. Right, we're talking about our president like he's a special needs child. Exactly. Because he fucking is. Well, you have to understand, like, if he doesn't get his Diet Coke by noon, he's going to be really cranky. So it's kind of your fault if he throws something and breaks it. <laughs> if, you, if he doesn't hear his name a certain amount of times every couple sentences, <laughs> yes. his he attention won't be held. <laughs> it's like Tom Cruise is on our metaphorical porch, and it's 10 minutes to Wapner. <laughs> <laughs> Someone hand Trump the phone book. Let him memorize that for the next three years. There you go. Here you go. Just here, here, Rain Man. Here, deal with that. But yeah, I, I, I like. I'm not even going to sit here in front. I don't understand the intricacies and inner workings of foreign trade relations and all that. I don't know. I don't either. But I'm not the fucking president. <laughs> yeah, it's not my job to know this shit. <laughs> you know, it's like when I was in a band with a guy, and he's like, this speaks to the quality of musicians I was working with. The subject of crack came up, and, and <laughs> as it does, as it, as it will, yeah. yeah. And you know, one of the guys go, "Oh yeah, so you know, when you're cooking up crack, you know, you know what I'm saying." And he looked at me, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> He'd say, and the lead singer goes, "Trying to pass that shit off casual." And the lead singer goes, "You don't know how to cook crack," and I'm like, "No, why would I? I'm not a crackhead. <laughs> why would I know this?" I love how another person jumps in. What? You don't know how to cook crack? I wouldn't even imagine that crackheads would know. Like, they don't have to make it. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) I'd have to go back and watch, like, Menace to Society and try to fucking figure it out from what Ashtray or whatever his name was in that movie did it. I never cooked crack. I know how to begin. You go and buy some Coke. (laughs) Coke, yeah. Right? And you get some baking soda. And then you well, dress yeah, up like Raekwon. Exactly. <laughs> I got Ghetto Dope by Master so P. Right? He stove. actually tells you how to make it in a song. Oh. Don't pop the bubble. <laughs> yeah. But it's... it's it, start with Master P. But anyway. But no, it's... It, it, it's 
I don't know. I've been I've been listening to a lot of news at work this week, and I'm just I I, I just I just shake my head, and I'm like, I. This is the world we live in, folks. This is not going anywhere for another what two and two thirds years. I mean, it's this this is it. It. Welcome to your life, you know. And I'm just like, I, because I honestly, let's just. Speculate for a minute. What the fuck do you, do you think is going to come out of this meeting if it does happen with North Comedy Korea? Comedy gold. <laughs> it did definitely some great uh, picks that we can caption for Twitter. I hope it's, I it's, hope gonna, it's shown live. It's gonna. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of memes that come out of it for sure. Oh, of course. <laughs> Everything's a meme now. But I mean, I. I <sighs> Hasn't Un and and Ill and and his family been wanting to meet with a sitting president for decades upon decades now? I mean, hasn't this been a goal of theirs? Right. They do kind of have this um, love-hate relationship with America, don't they? Like, America is a big evil regime, but we love your movies and blue jeans. And if if you meet with us, it validates our, our spot on the world stage. Right. We're we're a quote unquote real country. Exactly, we're, we're a player. We're we're sitting at the big boy table now, and it, it's just you know, and of course the whole you know Fox is supporting it. Yet, literally ten years ago, when Obama said the same thing, it was this is a traitor. Is any is that even shocking anymore? I mean, it's just it's. It's like your friends who have one. It's 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 like you you have a friend who has one set of values and standards he holds himself to, mm-hmm. and then a higher, more strict set he holds everyone else to. And he's allowed to do whatever he wants, but you know, God forbid that you forget to tell him happy birthday on Facebook. Right. You're an asshole. Well, it, yeah, it used to be that Fox News would at least have the common decency to tap dance a little bit. And to find some way to logistically say, like, oh, well, you know, this was bad when Obama wanted to do it, but now it's good when Trump wants to do it. And now they just don't give a fuck because they realize that none of their viewers give a fuck. They don't need to see the tap dance. I I guess that's... I mean, I hate to say it. Just tell me what I already believe, please. Exactly. Confirmation bias. Just give it to me. And I guess that's why I, I... I mean, I feel bad... Because I wish I had more to say on this subject, but I feel like everything that I could add to the conversation, we've already discussed. And anyone who's listening is either listening because they agree with us or they hate us. That's it. Yeah. There's no one listening. I don't, th- okay, I, not, I can't say no one. There's probably very few people listening to be challenged to, to go, oh, I never thought of something that way. It's either because, I mean, so ultimately, we're kind of in the same boat as Fox News, MSNBC. I would just like to think we straddle the fucking line a little bit more and actually try not to be blatant hypocrites and then deny our own hypocrisy. Well, no, but we're not hypocrites, see, because what we're doing is opinion. We're We're not trying to make news, right? We're not reporting on anything. But CNN and Fox News are, or at least are claiming to. 
Well, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess I think of someone like Rachel Maddow, I don't consider her a newscaster. I consider her just a talking head, someone that, who gives her opinion. Yep. Same, no, absolutely. Same thing, Bill Maher. Uh, who's, the, who's, the, who's the guy who's like 60, but he looks like he's about 25 and he wears the bow tie? Uh, Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. He's like in his 50s, but he looks like a child still. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Seacrest have just... Is, he, is Tucker Carlson older than me? God, I think so. It seems like he's been around forever. And he's looked the same for twenty years, man. It's kind of it's kind of creepy. Him and Ryan Seacrest got like a bunch of aborted fetuses. They sucked the stem cells out of, shoved in their closet somewhere. <laughs> and you can't even you if you watch Tucker Carlson, it's almost impossible for you to freeze frame it and not have him make the confused dog face. Yeah, like you just showed a dog a card trick, right? Right, like, yeah, like you whipped out a milk bone, but you didn't give it to him. And he's like, what do I do now? You got to balance this on your nose first. Stay, stay, wait for Listen, it. You're going to have to feed this to me. Tucker is 48 years old. Oh, there you go. Okay, I was, I was off. So I was exaggerating with 60, 50? but I, I honestly thought he was in his like early 50s. So I guess I'm not that far off. The bow tie should have given it away. That's not exactly a youthful look, is it? No. <laughs> yeah, him and Orville Redenbacher, they're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> Farrakhan. <laughs> I look like I'm going to Farrakhan day camp. It's with this bow tie. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, I just feel bad because, like Aaron, like I know that, that this is like I'm a news junkie, but not in the way that you're a news junkie. I'm a news junkie, is and I hear it and I just go, oh god. Is anybody ever going to fucking wake up and smell what the bullshit is that's going it's going on or is it just people are just happy to just to nope I've got my side and I just want to hear about how wonderful they are and how evil the other side is constantly I mean cuz I you know I, I I have someone I work with absolutely hates Trump she is a fucking I don't think I've ever heard her say anything good about Trump right like I've given them concessions here and they're like, "Hey, I was actually uh Yeah, yeah, well I mean, mode. I've I've done it. Yeah, you know, even a blind dog finds a bone every once in a right. while. Broken clocks right twice a day. But we someone at work said something about China and she goes, "Why well, th this is the one thing I agree with Trump on. Fuck China." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I was waiting for the walls to come tumbling down and the world to, you know, I'm did someone just crack the seventh seal? What's going on here? How can you agree with anything that hmm. Trump says?" But she she made it. She kind of proved, was proving my point by making such a big deal about I, I I but I don't agree with him about anything else. You know that right. type of well, shit. I mean, did she give reason for saying fuck China? I mean, to be honest with you, it was a conversation that was happening behind me, right? And I was just kind of like working, and well, I, I guess overheard. either way, like if it's fuck China because you're racist and you hate Chinese people. Oh no 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 no! Then not, not to, you, you sh then. Uh, where do you and Trump differ? You know, I was gonna say this is Michigan. <laughs> Fucked up, slant-eyed bastards is an actual reason that would be given around here. But the, the more common reason around here is not. No, I, I, I would disagree with that sentiment, Chris. No, I said it would be. It's not always going to be. No, I, I think the more dominant sentiment is that people dislike China because it's basically competition. <laughs> Took their jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It, they're protectionists. 
Like if if she's anti-China because she doesn't want them to, she feels like their financial success is our financial loss. That they're basically stealing directly from our pockets. Then she should be with Trump on a lot of other things. I think it's more. But it's, you it's, know, I think it's more is, that the enemy of my enemy isn't necessarily my friend, right? But. It's that it's that type of thinking. I'm gonna get a whip. Whoosh. Get the, <laughs> seriously, I'm gonna become a, I'm gonna be like Indiana Jones. Kali Ma, bitch, come here. Let me pull your heart out your chest. Kids, oh, cat. Just standing there looking at a full glass of pop and a lit cigarette and trying to decide which one she wants to bat at first. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> wow, that is an evil fucking cat. <laughs> I guess like I'm fucking with one of these things. I think we're you losing choice, motherfucker. We're no, outnumbered I, and we're losing. <laughs> we're outnumbered and outgunned. Um, well, okay. So I, this, I think, I think this illustrates a bigger point to me. Okay, it's that it's not about policy, right? She probably doesn't even know. She, I'm going to suppose here, right? I don't know this person. No, knowing her well as well as I do, I would say it's about their human rights record. Okay, but yeah, you you have like a pet issue. And a gut feeling, and that's all that you need, right? You, if this person is against your your pet issue, and gives you the gut feeling that they're a creep, then you're not going to side with them on anything. You're not going to look nakedly at any facts and try and decide what's going on here. Is this positive or negative for me, for the country, for human rights in general, whatever it may be? It's everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Every policy that Trump has is evil in some way. I mean, if you're just playing the odds, you're going to win, <laughs> based on that, in my opinion. But that doesn't change the fact that you can't just nakedly say that everything that X person does is bad. I would hope not. I mean, I mean people do it all the time, but it's... yeah. So I mean, it's a new way. It's it's an old joke, but it's, I don't you know, know if that's new. Even Hitler loved his dogs. You know, <laughs> he was he was an animal person, right? You know, it's it's an old joke, but it's like it. I don't know. That, that's 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 the other thing. You know, I, I saw a quote yeah, recently. Why doesn't Trump have a dog? Anyway, don't you think this would help? No. <laughs> or maybe they tried it and he just couldn't stop kicking it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm going to give me a dog, name it Katrina, and kick it every time it rains. <laughs> oh, he can't, can't fuck it. It's, there's no use to <laughs> No use to him. What? There's no vagina on this thing. Get it out of here. I can't make money off it? Yeah. If I can't fuck it or profit from it, get it out of here. Or maybe he had a golden retriever and he had it turned into that fucking rug on his head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that might be... That, that's that's what happened to the dog from Marley and me after it died. <laughs> <laughs> but I I heard a quote or read a quote recently this well this this last week that seemed to make a lot of sense and it says you know when authoritarian when authoritarians and tyranny start to rise in power nuance is one of the first victims and. I'm kind of seeing it more and more and more, and I, and I see it from a whole lot of people. It's not any one. 
it's not any one thing. It's we don't have time. We we either don't have the time, the will, or the inclination, or all three, to sit down and go, okay, this sucked. This person did this, hmm. but I can separate a mistake made in someone's life from the person as a whole. No. Right. I mean, it's just, okay, Stephen Hawking just died. Uh Uh-huh. I never heard this about the man once when he was alive. I made the mistake of reading a, 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 (laughs) it's a a page called The Worst of Twitter. And it was all these people saying, oh, I'm supposed to sit here and feel bad because Stephen Hawking, a known misogynist, died. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck him. And I'm like... Oh yeah, I mean, the, the, some of these stories came out d- when the uh, the movie about his life was. Oh, because produced. he liked fucking, so he's a misogynist. Well, he was. Uh, he cheated on on his was it his wife at the time or something like that with the nurse. I don't know. I, I mean, I so, knew. So does so does that does that mean that every woman that's ever cheated on her man is a horrible human being, and we need to fucking shame them, even after they die? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of bitches that need shaming walking around right now, and there's a whole lot of them in the ground. Mm-hmm. So I mean, where do you, what? This is what I'm getting at. It's just bullshit. It's the same as if it's the same as if I said I don't agree with I don't know Oprah Winfrey's stance on one thing. So that means she's a horrible human being. I don't know if she's a horrible human being. I just don't agree with her stance on one thing. It doesn't. It doesn't color everything else about her as negative. But and this is this is why I'm just I'm I'm, I'm approaching burnout on a lot of this Trump shit because it's there is no nuance and no one wants it. And I'm tired of fucking going. Does anybody else care? And I just get a resounding fucking round of meh and shrugs. Well, then fuck it. Live in your own fucking world then. Well, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I just be doing coke out of hookers' assholes? But but again, Trump is a symptom, not the cause, right? He he is a result of the the black and white picture that we've painted in America. We know that guns are neither given to you by God nor pure evil, right? That if there is any truth on the judgment of guns, it's somewhere in between. But that's the conversation that we constantly have. We're either saying that nobody should have a gun or that you should sleep with your gun and cuddle it. To- yeah, because this is the only pussies you gentlemen are going to get. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you said something years ago. I mean, and it was even- like a month after I started the show with you guys, yeah. Aaron. You are talking about being at work and you were listening to, to NPR at work. And one of your coworkers said, doesn't this like start to depress you at a certain point? I think I'm kind of that point. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of burnt, man. I'm like, I can't keep caring about shit that's never going to change to the point where it's starting to fucking seep over back into everyday life to where I'm afraid to even start a conversation at work because if someone brings up something, it's like, oh, God, here we go. You know, that type of thing. It's like, right. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. You know, but then I just hear so much. Be- One, there's 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 so much misinformation going around, and people resent when you correct them, 
okay, fuck that. Strike that. Not correct them. People resent being told that if you said ten things, nine of them were right, but this one was wrong, and it, they attack you. Like, how, how dare you correct me? Who do you think you are? It's like, well, then, what's the point of having a conversation? Let's just keep it superficial. Gee, nice weather we're having, huh? It's only been winter for 11 years this, 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 this last uh, season, huh? This is why I couldn't argue with my ex-wife. Every, every argument ended in, well, you're just going to do whatever you want. We're, we're just going to argue about this until you convince me or I give up. And I'm like, All right, well, look, you know, there's some things in life that need to be talked out, that need to be discussed, that you're going to come at from different angles and you're going to have to figure out a solution. If you're just unwilling to come to the table anymore, then yeah, I'm going to always fucking win. But the, it's amazing you got divorced. I <laughs> it's I think there's there's an idea of uh, helplessness somewhere in there too, though. When you say, and I can definitely sympathize with getting burnt out on news. You know, everyone's got to pace themselves. If you find that you're getting depressed by the news, yeah, fucking, you know, watch The Walking Dead or something else. <laughs> There's plenty of options. That This is what we have these distractions for, is to keep us sane. But you check out completely when you feel like not only is nothing going to change, but there's nothing that you can personally do to change anything. And, you know, I... We do have that opportunity, right? We still have the right to vote. We still have free speech. We still have tools at our disposal. It's just easier to either just complain or check out. It's just, I don't, I don't want to end up where I was when I was like, I can't do this anymore, guys, later. I just don't want to end up back at that point. And I'm trying to, f- to figure out a way to kind of reset that way I can recompartmentalize shit. You know what I'm saying? And and my well, problem the problem is is that I t- I feel like I'm under I'm underprepared if I, th- I don't immerse myself in this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm walking in and you're like, "Hey, did you hear about the finer points of this story?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> joke joke. <laughs> Stupid ass ironic statement. Ha ha ha. You know, and it's it, like maybe that's I don't know. Fuck it. Maybe that's what I need to do for a little bit and let my batteries recharge, for lack of a better way of putting it. Who knows? I don't. I don't. That's why I'm bringing it up. I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't know if you guys ever feel this way. Oh, certainly. Well, I mean, to me, I read this as adjusting to the new normal, which is what we're all doing, right? It, all these stories that. Leading up to the election of Trump, we were going, oh, well, this is the one. This is going to be the one that takes him down. There's no way he's he's surviving this. This is a a killer. No politician has survived these kinds of scandals before. And sure enough, he survived it. So now we have to adjust our expectations. We have to live in the new normal. This is no normal politician. (laughs) But here's the thing. I don't think this is the new normal. I think if... I, I don't. Jesus God! Twenty years ago, if you told me I was going to say what I'm about to say, I'd have, spl- I'd, have, I'd have slapped the shit out of you for fucking lying that blatantly to my face. 
hopefully, if we get a normal politician in the White House mm-hmm. after Trump, if he fucks a porn star, I guarantee you that's the or if she fucks a porn star, it's the end of their career. It's just it's Trump. Yeah, it's because no one expects anything think, better of him. He's yeah, he's like Deputy Dewey in the Scream movies. He set the bar so <laughs> low that when he doesn't piss on the toilet seat, you're like, "Good boy, here's a gold star." You know, it's <sighs> yeah. Well, that's gonna be the that's the that's the big wait and see on this whole situation, isn't it? That it is all of this reaction to Trump as the president. Merely because Trump's Trump, so to speak, and not just a, a a blanket forgiveness that we're willing to give anybody who steps into that office. Well, I shouldn't even say forgiveness. I mean, it's, it's almost it's almost just apathy. It's like I can agree with that. What's what's the what's the parable that was told in Natural Born Killers? Old woman comes across a snake. Snake asks for help. Woman goes, no, you're a snake. You're going to bite me if I try to help you. Right. Snake goes, no, I won't. So she nurses the snake back to health. Once the snake's healthy, it bites her. As she's dying, she goes, why'd you bite me? He goes, bitch, you knew I was a snake. Right. <laughs> That's what it is with Trump. It's just, yes. you, you know what you got when you bought it. And some people like to pretty it up. You know, well, we all fall short of the glory of our, of our Lord and Savior, you know Jesus Christ. Okay, whatever. That's how those people pretty it up. Other people are like, that's why I like Trump. It's like, get listen to the drunk at the end of the bar. Yeah, and it, it, Okay, if that's what you want. But I mean, at a certain point, no matter how amusing the drunk uncle is at Thanksgiving, doesn't it start to get embarrassing Like when he's pissed his pants and no one's comfortable enough to tell him, you might want to go change your pants? Mm-hmm. Because even if they told him, he'd go, I don't give a shit. My fucking pants, I'll piss in them if I want, you know? <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. Ex- yeah, but but exactly. how, much a, how much can one person live in, in a fantasy land like this? You know, when, when obviously, to, to any adult with a brain, the White House is not running smoothly. Even if you're pro-Trump, you have to understand that Constantly firing and cycling through people is not a good way to run a business, much less a White House. Can you imagine the paranoia in that place? Yeah. It probably puts the Nixon administration to shame. I mean, sure, you know, Trump will go out there and say, oh, it's all fake news. Everything's fine. This is it. And then at the same time complains about how he's understaffed because of the obstructionists who won't approve his, uh, his positions. Like you, <laughs> I don't care how far up Trump's ass it you are. You can't be buying that line that it's Democrats that are standing in the way from you filling positions in a White House where you can't retain people. <laughs> you can't fill the positions because you're constantly vacating them. You're telling people to get out of them. Well, are you kidding me? You're not only firing people, but you're not letting them go out and make a statement and say that they want to spend more time with their families they get they get fired when they're like in the air coming back to the country via twitter they find out about this shit yeah it's so it's he, not he even just, the worst boyfriend ever he breaks it, up with you via text it'd be one thing if he was just cycling through people but he's doing so in a way 
to make for maximum humiliation. But that's just his fragile ego at play. I mean, and, and you know, that's I, I get that, and it's most likely probably the case. But after a while, it's the equivalent of saying, "Oh, so you're against gay rights? So uh, how much gay porn do you watch when fucking no one's looking over your shoulder?" Yeah, okay, you scored a point, but it doesn't change anything. And what I guess what I guess what ultimately scares me is that he's got a what a thirty around thirty percent approval rating. Oh, I think it's more than that. I think he's still hanging her out in the high 30s, maybe hits 40. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Every number I heard has been, like, low 30s. Like, I know he dipped down to 30 at one point. I can't remember what that was. That was a while ago now, yeah. but... The point is, is that... I, I, I'm just... You know, we joke about it, but it's like... It's like the dude sold his soul to the devil. He's truly bulletproof. Like I don't, I don't think. I, I, I mean, the 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 more the more and more I hear about everything that comes out of his administration, and the more I just see people shrug and go, "Meh, guys, we got. He's going to get two terms." Like I truly believe that now, and it's just how are we supposed to sit here and act like? This is this is a country that 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 we want to be proud of that you know that we should take pride in being a part of. Are you kidding me? We elected a fucking reality TV star as president. This that's a joke. That's a joke. I mean, Jesus Christ! What's the biggest scandal like Trudeau has had? He went to India and dressed in traditional Indian garb and culturally <laughs> appropriated some. So, in other words, Twitter five people on Twitter were upset. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, we got, he's fucking porn stars. And this porn star is like, I'll give you back your $130,000 if I can just talk shit about what happened when you fucked me. Of course you will, because you're going to make 10 times that selling your story. Of course you don't want that $130,000 now. Oh, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, that ain't shit. Inside edition, you give her $5 million just to, deal. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, $5 yeah. Million just to sit out and talk. That's, I guarantee it, guarantee it. It, and I'm, I just look around. I'm like, how the fuck did we? Did I, did I die and slip into another? Like my soul slipped into an alternate dimension? Because mm -hmm. this doesn't even seem like reality at times anymore. It's about right for where we're at as a country. Quite honestly, like it's, I think it's a reflection of us. Quite honestly, like here's what the mirrors showing back at this point. I mean, there. The, okay. Chris, I know you sent the story to the to the the group chat. You know the was it Delta, or was it United Airline that United. Had, the, had the dog die in the overhead bin? Mm -hmm. It's been two days. Now, whether or not you want stricter gun regulation is beside the point. It's been a month since the last, you know, the, the Florida shooting. Right. I won't say last school shooting because, like Aaron and I were just talking it. There's been incidents that I'm sure are going to be. Well, there was one yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be lumped in there. But there's a senator who tweeted out that this is unacceptable, and he's introducing legislation today. And I'm like, oh, a dog dies 48 hours. Right. School well, gets shot up. We're still dog, arguing about it. One fucking dog mm -hmm. dies on an airplane, 
And we need legislation. And you know how come? Because people who go, the, the animal advocates, the animal lovers are so vocal. He knows that that's an easy way to score points. Yeah. He does not give a shit about that dog. He gives a shit about what that dog's yeah. death can bring him. Right. Well, I mean, even take the, the gun legislation in Florida. You know, what happened as soon as they passed it? The NRA sues. And I guarantee you that 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 gun legislation was written in a way to give some sort of legal loophole that the NRA will be able to uh, to to use to tear it apart to to find to have a judge rule on it as being unconstitutional. Yeah, the there seat, was no the, idea that those would be lasting restrictions on guns. That this would be something that we can do to show that we give a shit. About whether your kids live or die, and meanwhile knowing that it can easily be deconstructed yeah, once the, all of this shit blows over. The seed, the seed of the legislation's demise is planted in the in the in the in the fine print. It, no it, doubt. How many times have have we talked about laws that do that? You know, or or. or legislation that gets introduced bills get introduced and there's shit in there that has nothing it's like what the fuck this is about making sure people get clean water yet there's something in here about concealed carry what the fuck how does how do these two things pork that's what that's called but it, it happens all the time i mean even even the the health bill the infamous quote from Nancy Pelosi, which I'm like, oh, this bitch just shut up. Stop talking. You're making it worse. We have to pass it to find out what's in it. No, bitch. That's not how shit like this works. <laughs> no, you read it first. I. Uh, it's just it's frustration because, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have any answers to what's a better solution anymore. Because the more I tr I, I, I put my theories through the fucking ringer and the more holes I find in them, the more I'm like everything's corruptible. Everything is going to have a way to work in a grift in the system. Oh, certainly. And it's it's not you know, it's you know, it's not an all or nothing proposition. You know, people, oh, well, uh, you know, we have democracy and, well, no, actually, we're a republic, but okay, fine, whatever. I get what you're saying. And, you know, capitalism, you know, and, and, and this and that. Okay, but don't you see the flaw in capitalism just as much as you see the flaw in communism or socialism? Don't, I mean, why? Because I can see the flaw in a, in, in a couple of those. I can't see the flaw in its, its you know, polar opposite as far as ideological, the you know, theories. Right. And no one's having these discussions because it doesn't play. We, we got that Trump, you know, I, I'm not hearing my name enough. I'm getting bored here. <laughs> Come on, guys. Throw some tits on the page or something. Come on. You, you haven't brought me up in like 30 seconds. I, I, and it's, it's, I, it is. It's, it's, I'm like, it's like that, that live song. Look where all this talking got us. You know, it, ultimately, we're right. We're, we're chasing our tail. We're right back at where we were. You know, the difference is, you know, now it's kids walking out of classrooms asking for, you know, demanding 
gun cha- gun law changes. And then yeah, on top, that, the, that, that worked. Well, everything's fixed. Aaron, we've talked about it before. Yeah. And I'm not saying. I just want to. I shouldn't have to preface it, but let me preface this statement with this. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have walked out, but there should have been someone going. Who knows exactly what the fuck you're talking about before we yeah, put a mic in your there, face? There wasn't a, there wasn't a purpose to it. Because like, you had kids holding up signs saying, why is the White House a gun-free zone but not my school? Okay. Do I need to point out how fucking retarded that is? Or the am I next signs? Like, really? I think, it was a, I think it was a huge missed opportunity for voter registration, if you ask me. Like, that's re- really what should have happened. Like, everyone who's going to be 18 by the midterms, it should have been a massive voter registration drive. Like, that's how you're going to get that shit done, not skipping half of a class. But the problem but, is, is that when you're preaching to the choir, when you're doing what David Hogg's buddy did on, on Bill Maher, mm-hmm. you get caught up and you want the applause. You know you have an audience who agrees with you. But if you get up there and you start saying shit that's false, or you're ignorant of what you're talking about, or worse, you're flat out lying, anyone who knows what's going on is going to go, these kids are just as dumb as the rest of us. They're just kids going, I'm afraid I'm going to die. Welcome to life, bitch. Yeah. Ryan, what do you want me to fucking say? It ain't going to get easier as you get older. All the guns Welcome in the world. To life could, after thirty-five. That's every morning. Every gun in the world could magically disappear off the face of the planet. Every nuclear bomb could mag- magically disappear off the face of the planet. You still got to worry about starving to death. You, you still got to worry about random acts of fuckery happening to you. So if you're scared that you're hitting the lottery odds of going to school, that you're going to go to school and get shot and killed, is so terrifying to you that you're going to go out there and just barf up shit that it, it, it you had kids in chicago walking out of class talking about we need stricter gun regulation in chicago <laughs> what i mean i'm listening to this on npr and i'm staring at my car radio with what had to be the gas face, like... <laughs> Lifting up their shirt going, look, I just got this shit this morning. <laughs> so did, there was a group of kids in Philly that went, uh, hey, what about the people who get shot every day? Yeah. You know, they, they weren't waiting from the, from the suburbs. I'll just put that out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, listening to NPR this morning, they were talking about how, statistically speaking... There's less gun deaths in school now than there were 20 years ago. Significantly less. Well, I will give it up to one group of students. This was in an inner city Chicago school who, when they walked out and someone stuck a mic in front of their face, obviously they didn't just rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to get up and talk in front of the mic. They, they found the person who knew some shit and was like, um, it's not really about gun violence in school here. It's about gun violence in the streets in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we need to address that issue in our area. And I was like, there you go. There's there's a kid with half a brain. But NPR ran that segment quoting that kid one time. Yeah. All the rest of these crying children. And that's the other thing. So you're 17, 18. <sighs> really? You're a child still? 
I mean, you're on yeah. the cusp of adulthood legally. And to, I mean, you know, but, I mean, but to frame the story that these are, you know, scared children. When I hear of scared children, the way that they were framing the stories, it was, you know, I picture like second graders huddled under their desk, pissing themselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, the fallacy here is that we we feel like we need to have a conversation about, what, you know, whatever the issue may be. And part of that entails hearing from victims, right? So in this case, the conversation is about guns. And in order to make progress on that conversation, we need to hear from the victims of gun violence. Well, there's absolutely nothing about being a victim of gun violence or or being terrorized by a, a gunman that makes you an expert on anything, Right? Doesn't make you an expert on firearms or constitutional law or human rights or yeah. any of that shit. Yeah, and what other thing could happen to you one time and you're an expert on it? Right. <laughs> I mean, okay, so the first kid to get laid, he's like, all of a sudden he's fucking Ron Jeremy over here to giving everybody yeah. tips on it. You got to say the alphabet when you go down on him. <laughs> exactly. Like smoking jacket, like half. <laughs> Smoking a pipe, <laughs> a vape pipe, because it is 2018. <laughs> right. But no, I and I'm not taking anything away from the experience the kids went through. But Jesus Christ, I've had guns pulled on me multiple times in my life, and it's like, yeah, it fucks with you. Yeah, and I've, I had it I've in a lot more personal it. way than oh, somewhere in a school of thousands of people, there's a gunman. Yeah. This was a motherfucker hopped a counter, stuck it to my head, and said, you're going to die today. Pop the fucking register open. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't make me an expert on any, on, on you know, being a, a victim of, you know, armed robbery. I don't know everything. I can't t quote every stat because it happened one time. I can tell you personally what happened to me. And right. I'm not shitting on these kids' personal experience, but what I am shitting on is that you can't walk around going, we're going to fix what all these older generations before us fucked up, and then come out with a bunch of weak titty, half-ass fucking bullshit information and expect to be taken seriously. That's my issue. That's why, I, and, and this isn't, here's the bitch of it. I'm, I, I truly the trapping of youth. I truly believe it's not the kids. It's not, I don't want to say majority. You know, gun to my head, I guess maybe 50-50. I'd say 50% of them actually knew what they were talking about, and the other 50 were just go, running on how the whole thing, the whole subject makes them feel. Mm -hmm. The problem is, why, once again, why did I only hear the, that kid from Chicago pointing out the reality of living in Chicago, the not nice parts of Chicago, going, is... Uh, we're safer at school than we are walking to and from school. Why is I'd only hear that once, but I hear these hysterical crying 17, 18-year-olds talking about, why do you want me to die? Why do you love your gun more than me? I'm scared to go to school. Then maybe you're a fucking pussy. What do you want me to say? I don't, I, like, well, you have the internet. <laughs> Do your own research. Right. I mean, if we were to just set aside any heart in this issue and just look at statistics, 
if you've already experienced a mass shooting at your school, then you're safer than other schools that have not, right? Has it ever happened twice at the same school? You better. (laughs) It's not only a rarity in and of itself, it's never happened twice at the same school. And if it does, you clearly have a, 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 a. talent for beating the odds it's time to buy powerball tickets <laughs> seriously and dry your dry your tears in the half a billion dollars you win the one ticket you buy and play for the first time in your life by the way but i think uh, hold on I gotta reset my fucking mouth here i was trying to say something that i was my mouth's trying to talk faster then my brain's working at the moment. We also need pragmatic solutions. And the problem with that is, is that being pragmatic tends to not ignore feelings and emotions, but minimize them. And this is an emotional issue. But if we took a more pragmatic point of view towards things, like I just read this a couple of hours ago, Eastern Michigan University is looking at laying off a lot of their teachers they can't afford them yeah and the teachers were like too easy let's start cutting money to the to the uh sports programs yep. and you can afford to have teachers here you know the people who what you go to college for to have a teacher teach you all right and it's not like eastern michigan is a football basketball anything factory it's not like it's <laughs> u of m msu or something no, and people it's a good were, place to get mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, no, nah, we can't touch sports programs. Same Why? Uh, because we like our sports. It's a point of pride. Fuck that. I like sports. <laughs> I do a show called Sporgy. Right. Cut the fucking sports programs. How about that? I, 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 real simple. Until you can afford teachers and a sports program, you don't have a sports program. You know why I don't have five pre-CBS Stratocasters hanging on the wall? Because I can't afford it. <laughs> right. And if I did, and I was like, you know... I'm wow, starving. I got, I, got, I got five nice pre-CBS Stratocasters on the wall. I'm going to go hit my usual corner and beg for fucking money for food. Yeah. There would be an issue there. What are you doing? Sell one of those fucking things and pay your bills for a year. Well, it is interesting that it's not that... I mean... You would think that the lack of money coming in from teachers would also be reflected in the amount of students coming in and therefore decrease the amount of teachers actually needed, right? If this, it wasn't, it doesn't seem like it was phrased as like, we don't have enough students coming to our school, so we got to start cutting back on the staff. It was, we just don't have the money to pay for the amount of teachers that we need to teach the amount of students that we have. So, yeah, clearly you just don't have your priorities in order. But to me, that's... Or, or someone stealing cash. <laughs> well, there's there's always a uh, a black hole where money disappears in when you get enough people handling it. That's just... You know, we, we can pat ourselves on the back and talk about, hey, we've been to the moon. We got a Tesla... Maybe, maybe not. There's a hooker's body in the trunk, and Elon Musk got away with the perfect murder on its way to fucking Mars as we speak. 
and ain't humanity great shit, but honestly, there's a lot of scumbags in humanity. Right. And if they see an opportunity to skim off the top, they're going to fucking take it. Well, also, why do we have these, like, big incentives for, well, not big incentives, but uh, an incentive of security built into jobs that we traditionally think are jobs that people step up to, like they're born to be. This this man was born to teach, and this man was born to be a cop. This man was born to be a fire a fireman, right? These are jobs of passion. Like you don't get into these jobs just going, oh, I didn't know what else I was going to do. Like you've got to drive to do that, to help people, to educate them, to to try and make the world a better place in your own little way, right? These are jobs. These are supposed to be jobs of passion, but then we go. Well, you know, just suffer through this for 20 years and you'll have your pension. You'll be set for the rest of your life. You'll have your tenure. Nobody can touch you after that. You can just sit back and relax. <laughs> On tenure. <laughs> which, which makes ultimately no sense. Because, right. it, it, okay. I'd like some tenure and a pension. I mean, I don't... <laughs> tenure like, sounds I'm not, sweet. I'm not, I don't hate my job, but I'm not passionate. I'm not driven. I don't. If I got fired, I wouldn't like load up CAD software at home and just start designing shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If if like my my shop was to shut down, I wouldn't just start like, hey, you know what? Just route all of these angry customers through my front door. I'll deal with right. them in my house for it's just free. Like, oh, I guess I gotta go home and start making some pizzas then. Yeah, <laughs> just this is start, shit. <laughs> driving around. Hey, you guys need some pizza? <laughs> Do the Tom Green, be the competitive pizza guy who's like, hey, I'll make it for you right here. What toppings you want? Whip out a tackle box. I got green olives. I got anchovies. What you need? Hey, the Jimmy Pizza Man's here. <laughs> I'll undercut him by $2. <laughs> but I, I'll drive you to work with a large pizza for $10 or it's free. But Another to half me, hour. To me, to me the, the whole fucking, the, the, the whole thing with Eastern Michigan and this, we don't have money to pay the staff, but we can't cut the the sports programs because, well, we like sports, is kind of like a, almost a metaphor for what the fuck is going on in this country on a daily basis with shit. Like, you know, yeah. we have no money for social programs, but we got plenty of money to fucking be the UN's military force. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we like, we like Veterans Day. It makes us feel good. And we get the day off from work sometimes. It's great. It's wonderful, isn't it? Hey, Memorial Day is a three-day weekend where I come from. Got to have them veterans. Can't have Memorial Day without veterans. It's like, really? Is that where the large, the biggest chunk of, of, of our budget needs to go? And then you wouldn't... And it, when you point that out, people are like, oh, so you want our borders undefended? Our borders are fine. Look who gets across <laughs> our borders. Motherfuckers who walk through the desert with no shoes on and people that float over on doors. Like, seriously, that's, yeah, who, that's, who, that's who comes over from, well, I, I guess you're not really doing that from Cuba much anymore, ever since they lifted the travel ban, right? They can just... Yeah. They just come here now. Yeah, they can just come here. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously... When's the last time someone rolled a tank across the Texas-Mexico border? Has it ever happened? When's the last time there was... No. Uh, no, no to sell. Not since they invented tanks, I'm pretty sure. 
I mean, when's the last time like a whole fleet of ships showed up? Besides Columbus, and yeah. fucked up everybody in this country. Yeah, it's you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just it's not realistic. But that's that's what they and it's like we could solve this problem with just a little less of this and a little more of this. But no one wants to do it. No one wants to have that. You know, no one wants to be the one to step up and say, "Why don't we do this?" And when do when politicians do step up. They don't try to disprove what they're saying. They attack them personally. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron Paul, oh, he's a crazy libertarian. Bernie, he's a socialist. He wants to take all your money. You know, anyone who anyone who says it. But, yeah. So, I, not to deconstruct your, your premise here, because I, I agree with it, but I could almost see the argument to be made for wanting to keep in place the sports programs because in reality don't you think that they're that they would get less students at their school if they cut their sports programs which would do absolutely nothing to solve their funding programs right their funding problems well i mean first of all if you're going to eastern to play sports most likely you're not moving on from there that's yeah. not. That's not a. Okay, but what I'm getting. What I'm getting at is, it's they're not generating not, huge revenue through their sports. I understand that, like college sports has become kind of a, a national thing, but let's just look at the the core idea behind it. Not everyone gets involved in in some sort of sports in college because they want to go on to some professional grade of that sport. It's because they. They want that opportunity to study whatever it is they're going to school for and be part of a team and to, you know, compete. It's just like not not every band, their ultimate goal is to be on MTV or be on the radio. Some are fine just, you know, making a little bit of money off the bar scene and, you know, they get a lot uh, uh, back from that. It, it enriches their, their lives to some respect. So there's participation in sports outside of the national level of being like playing for some big college team. You know, that's a draw. The The fact that if you're looking at, well, I'm currently on, say, the swim team in high school. I've got my options for schools that I want to go to in Michigan. And one of them was EMU. And I found out that they've, they don't have a swim team anymore. So now that's a factor in my decision, right? All I'm saying is that while I understand that it shouldn't be a priority over having faculty to actually teach people, if you're already in the position where you can't afford to pay teachers, then cutting any sort of feature from your school is probably not likely to solve that problem because you're going to end up with less students, which means less money, which means now you have you can afford to pay even less teachers than you could before. I guess I'm just looking at it from the point of view of you're not going to lose. Even if you lose every student athlete, mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough to put a dent in the revenue. Gener- the revenue they, they generate... 
as far as by going to that school. Yeah. Not the revenue generated by the sports themselves. Right. Just by the students who play sports go, well, there's no sport, there's no football program, there's no basketball program, there's no baseball program, I'm not going. And I don't, but once again, it's EMU. I don't think EMU is a big enough draw for people. How do I put this? I know people who growing up wanted to go to U of M or state because they liked their sports teams. Uh Uh-huh. They knew they were never going to play on their sports teams. Right. But they wanted to go. Notre Dame, Rudy, that whole That's, fucking movie is pretty much that. I mean, it's fantasy, but... Absolutely. There's a, a communal aspect to it as well. Even if you're not directly involved in, in the sport, you want to be part of that winning team. But, I mean, there's also... The problem is you have regulation like Title Nine that says... Whatever men's sport gets X amount of money, the women's equivalent has to get the same amount of money. And that becomes Uh, a problem because, let's be honest, women's sports don't draw like men's sports, for the most part. The women's soccer team, U.S. soccer team, completely outdraws the men. Outperforms them, outdraws them. I mean, that's the one example I can think of. Maybe women's tennis also. Mm -hmm. But... Women don't even have football teams, you know? Right. And I, women's, what, softball? There's no women's baseball teams in college as far as I know. Yeah. It's softball teams. And to 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 say that, the you know, the soft, women's softball teams who draws maybe 100 people for EMU has to have the same amount of funding as the men's baseball team who draws, let's say, Five hundred, a thousand people, right? That—that's where you've backed us into this corner where we have to make this decision. It's either or now, and so it kind of works with my, what I'm saying with my metaphor. Trying to force equality of outcome is kind of fucking the school on top of it to the point where it's like now we're looking at either keep teachers or get rid of our sports. Because we can't afford to keep dumping this money into something that we're not even getting a return on. Yeah. I mean, so once again, if the libertarian part of me comes out and goes, why did you regulate that to the point where it's now that we have to make that decision? Or, you know, maybe there's a bigger factor to consider here in that if you can't do both, if you can't keep a full staff and a decent sports program, then... Maybe you just are going to fail. You know, this is the this just is fucking this raise is tuition. This is education in the open market, and maybe EMU just became Toys R Us. Oh, timely reference! So, Dave Brandon, new Eastern Michigan University athletic director. <laughs> there you go. No <laughs> university president. Oh God. So, in other words, if you go to EMU, start applying for Central for next semester. But no, well, I, it, I, I agree with you because are we going to some, uh, like reach that point fairly soon where we're going to see, or you know, colleges that you know maybe they weren't the best, they're not the you know world-renowned uh, pillars of education, but they are necessary. 
you know, there's plenty of people that go to EMU and get just regular jobs and like I don't know teaching sports medicine. What the fuck do they go there for? I don't know. Well, Monique, <laughs> well, well, Monique, but, when when she was on, but that's, that's, that's the school she goes to. She's going for, to be a teacher. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, it serves it serves its purpose. You know, it's not spitting out doctors, but it's serving a definite purpose. But that purpose seems to be going away. That that idea that that you necessarily need uh, higher education in order to be successful in X career is starting to change. And so ultimately we're going to reach a, a point where we see colleges that we, that just no longer serve a purpose. Yeah. I don't know. And, and that, and that I can, I can, I can parallel that to, U of M, Notre Dame, Stanford, USC. Uh-huh. Those are the fucking elite colleges. Right. And then community colleges, you're working poor and lower lower middle yeah. class. I think it's that in between. And the middle class is disappearing. Right. It's that in between that is going to probably start to fade first. I think you'll, you'll continue to have need for community college longer than you will have to... You know, have school. I don't know. Maybe EMU, EMU is kind of a bad example because I think teaching is going to be a thing that we will still want to see your certificate for. You know, no matter. I fucking <laughs> <you>. <laughs> oh shit! Are we going to get a cease and desist letter over that one? Well, that is from Eastbound and Down. I know, I know, I know. It, it's, uh, another podcast tends to use that drop quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I mean, but do you, uh, I, I just, I guess I'm just like, what's more important? People being educated or people being entertained? And I think educated for love of God, educated. Social media is a result of people just being entertained. We may That's feel the mindset that you're going to get. We may feel that way, but are we in the majority? Well, I guess I feel like if if EMU were to cut its its sports programs. They would just not be considered at the same tier as other schools. And that would just be the beginning of the end for them, right? It would be like if, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example here and I'm failing. But if you, if you like, ran a company that was in competition with somebody like... Uh, um, like Uber, right, or Lyft. You're like, I'm going to start my own. You have your own ride uh, ride sharing service going on, but it's just not catching on, and and you're having to let people go. And you're like, well, maybe we can cut back on the services we provide. Okay, well, we could stop picking people up. That would save money. <laughs> you know, your your business we, or would we just could stop stopping the car and we <laughs> drop them off, just kick them out the door, tell right. them tuck and roll. Right. 
you could think of solutions that maybe would save you money, but ultimately they would kill your business, <laughs> right? And wouldn't this ultimately kill EMU's business of wanting to be, I don't, I don't know what you would call them, but a college that plays at a certain level, you know, that has all the things that you want to have in order to attract students. <sighs> I, I guess like you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you just go ahead and admit. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still but with you. Like I, I think the I idea think, that you ran at a deficit and said, "Oh, I guess we can't afford to pay the teachers," and that was your first thought. Uh, yeah, that's like that should not be your of, first. It's thought. definitely telling of your priorities. But if any of these things have to go, what? How do you steer yourself out of this? Or is this just, I mean. And, I mean, Chris, you said raise tuition. Problem I, with that is if you keep raising tuition, at a certain point, you're charging above your pay grade. Right. You're not state. You're not Notre Dame. You can't charge what they charge in tuition just because you need the money. Isn't this the argument for, or excuse me, isn't this the argument against raising the minimum wage? Why should I pay you 15 bucks to flip a hamburger? If you need more money to survive, get more marketable skills. Right. Well, if they need more money to survive, I guess I have more programs that are rewarding and and steer somebody towards a, a career of some sort. You know, have I yeah. I mean, I I understand it's weird because I never looked at college and the college experience as sports are a irreplaceable part of it. It was yeah. like it, it that's if they have a good but it sports, is a part eh. and not a minor one. But see, I would I I maybe maybe I'm the one that's on the outside looking in on this one and I'm on an island here, but I always looked at it like if they have a good sports program and it's entertaining to go watch these, you know, my, my school's teams play. That's just, that's just, you know, cherry on top. Mm -hmm. That's great. But it's not a requirement for me to go to that school. My first requirement is to walk out with an education so I don't have to bend my fucking back to the point where I can't well, stand right. up straight. But let's, let's look at this like instead of if you were in the position of choosing which school to go to, let's say you're just buying a cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have all these companies out there providing different services that are all basically the same thing. They're going to be a smartphone and a data plan to use it with, right? And, you know, certainly price is a factor, but just like anything, you're weighing that against quality. You're like, I could pay top dollar for Verizon and I make sure I always get a signal, but maybe T-Mobile's just good enough. And then Sprint says, uh, we're going to give you... Uh, Netflix, too. Okay, well, there's another option for me to go with. They're providing another service. If one of those companies, conversely, was to just decide, well, T-Mobile, we're not making enough money as a company, so we're just going to get rid of the texting feature of our phones. Right? You'd they would be have better off getting rid of voice. Well, right. It's <laughs> these days. Well, right. Okay, well, maybe that's a little extreme, but take any, any feature of something that people do with their cell phones, which is innumerable these days, and just say, oh, we're just not going to provide that. 
Meanwhile, all of our competition is going to continue to provide it. How long does T-Mobile stay in business? You know, it's these little edges that that give you a leg up in the competition, on the on the competition, and keep you active in that market. Versus when you start cutting services that you can provide, just again like like Toys R Us. <laughs> You know, it, the the checks in the mail at that point. You're just waiting for the announcement that that your school is that school is going to close. I guess it's it's one of those things I have to retrain myself to think of. It's like growing up, I never thought of the future of space travel was going to be would would have to go through private corporations like SpaceX. Yeah. Because every fucking oh. history book, every book I read on space, it was NASA, uh-huh. Russia's space program, sending stuff up. And so right. it was just, I just assumed that the government will always be the ones to send shit up into space. And then when one of the first shows I was on, we were talking about it, and you're like, no, the future of space travel is going to be driven by corporations. You know, I think you brought up Elon, Elon Musk. I think I think you even brought up uh, Elon. Richard Elon. Yeah. Excuse me. I even think you brought up Richard You're Branson. Of Elon at one point. Gonzalez. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they did to Elon's bed. <laughs> and that guy's gonna be pissed now, huh? He can just travel freely to the U.S. and Cuba. <laughs> yeah, he was he was one of the very first internet memes with the "What's up?" being superimposed over the, the picture of the his, guy coming into the closet with the he's gun. Probably stored in coke with like, you know, one of the McCulkins. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's 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 in the long list of waiting to date a Kardashian. He's a party kid. Um, but no, I think you even brought brought up. I yeah I know right. Uh, I think he brought up even Richard Branson. I mean, this was like four years, almost four years ago now. So, mm-hmm. but and I was like, I, I kind of bristled at it, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, why am I bristling at it? Oh, because I've been trained by every book I read in school, almost every sci-fi book I read, to yeah. think that it's going to be the government. At the very least, the government maybe with some help of private corporations, but not necessarily yeah. private corporations on their own. Right, right. Because that, that was the shit of that was like you know the the, the type of nightmare fuel I'm having. I'm like, oh, really? I'm supposed to trust Ford to send me up into space? <laughs> Didn't they just have a recall because steering wheels were coming off? I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I feel safe. Please, <laughs> I heard send me up one of them rice burning rockets. <laughs> I was thinking, please, just somebody had the presence of mind to say, "Take the wheel," <laughs> before they crash and died. <laughs> so I guess I, I, I'm going to have to retrain my brain to think that yeah, maybe some of these these mid tier colleges are going to have to fail. But isn't but doesn't it ultimately doesn't is doesn't it go back to what I said like a, like a year or two ago on the show, which is if we're really truly looking at a global market, our standard of living is going to have to come down so other people's standard yeah. of living can come up. <laughs> and you know well, that right. ain't happening. I mean, you know, well, well, it'll happen against our will at a certain point. 
the the fact that uh, you know going back to raising the idea of raising tuition the fact that that's not an option for them kind of shows the service that they are providing how great of a school is it that they can't warrant uh, an increase in tuition enough to actually pay the the faculty so i, I don't know i mean it, it does speak to the quality of your product yeah i mean if ford was losing money because they have a shit product. Right. The, <clears throat> the answer wouldn't be to charge more for that shit product because they would sell yeah. even less than they're selling now. Right. Why does T-Mobile charge half the price that Verizon does for what looks like the same service? Because you're not going to get service everywhere and you're going to get a dropped call every now and again. And I can definitely tell you that Metro Piece of Shit does not offer as good a service <laughs> as Chris's cell phone plan. I can tell you that right fucking now. Absolutely. Hey, I got Sprint. Well, look, you can have a tin can and a string, and it's probably about on par with Metro Piece of Shit. I've literally sent a text to my boss on my day off. The next day at work, he's like, hey, he never answered me. I'm like, yes, I did, and I show him that I sent the text, and two hours later, his phone goes off, and a text shows up. That's a hellacious amount of fucking delay. That's, That's a day. Lag. <laughs> that shows like, oh, no, you got to pay an extra what? five bucks a month if you want this shit to go through on time. Oh, you want some, instantaneous texts? They have somebody at the at a headquarters somewhere transcribing this or something. <laughs> I know, sending smoke signals to someone on a fucking post-its. Someone tapping it out in Morse code via what, you know. <laughs> Picturing like you're watching some reel in, in class that's showing you how your text message is sent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, instantaneous text. That's seven ninety five a month. Right. Yeah, exactly. And your, your text goes to somebody that yeah they they do the Morse code on it to somebody in an op, in a, an operator in a room full of phones is relaying the message. Lily Tomlin. Yes. <laughs> the, the, plugging things into a wall. Yeah, yeah. She's just unplugging and then plugging back in. And like, you want the party line? Okay, hold on a sec. I'll plug you all together. Okay. Dude, like people 20 years older than us thought that joke was hilarious. Yeah, the switchboard operator. Yeah. Anyone younger than us is going, what the fuck's a switchboard operator? Yeah. Well, hey, grandpas, come come back. Hey. A switchboard? Is that a type of skateboard? Is that a, is that a Tony Hawk maneuver? Is that a knife? But it's once again, I'm just going to have to retrain my mind, I guess, to, to to rethink and accept these things because, and it's hard because it's been 40 years of just if Oakland University is there, Oakland University mm-hmm. is always going to be there, and that's just not the, that's just not the reality of it. Yeah, you know, Yale is Yale, Harvard, etc. They might not always be there. So if they're if they're not a hundred percent safe. Then what, why the fuck would Wayne State University be 100% safe? Right. Well, look, look at my, my current job. This is usually a position that, I don't know if usually, but there are schools that you can go to for this, right? But I didn't. And I was hired by a company who does this quite often. They take people with little to no experience and train them on how to use the software the way that they use it. And that is preferable than taking somebody who's learned how to work a system a certain way for two years, and then they have to come in and retrain them. It's generally easier to just train somebody fresh on something than retrain somebody who's used to doing stuff in a, in a different way. Yes. And 
that's that's becoming more common where you know that <laughs> I don't want to use the word but I keep thinking of the word disrupt is you know this is what technology does right it disrupts things this is what information technology and us adapting to to technology I mean before if you wanted to get into some something something to do with computers you'd want to go to school for it because it was fucking computers and you don't understand them. And now most people understand how to operate a computer in a basic enough way to if you look at a piece of software and read the menus, you can figure out a lot of what it does. Yeah. You know, if you have half a brain and a little bit of perseverance, you can operate. I can fucking figure out how to work Photoshop if I had time and wanted to dedicate to it. I don't need to go to school to figure out how to do this shit. Unless it's actually writing code, and even then, you can you can learn that online and, and through books as well. Oh yeah, my buddy who my buddy Paul, you know, he makes six figures writing code. He didn't even finish high school. Right. He taught himself how to do it, and he's he's there. You go. He but he had he had the motivation and the interest to learn it when there was no incentive at the end of that rainbow to learn it. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to know how to do it. The right person found out through a school counselor that he could do it, offered him a job when he was 18 and he just left high school and started working for, you know, right. 35 grand. So he had, he had some sort of basic skill. He had a drive and passion for it and interest, you know, weigh that against your average student who's going to Eastern Michigan university who's went there because they didn't know what else the fuck they wanted to do. They had no real direction in their lives. Somebody may have got a hold of them and said, hey, you can do this. You can be X. And here's the program, and we're going to show you how. And you go, "Uh, okay. That's good, because I had no fucking clue what to do. I had no passion for anything except for to be a a YouTube star. Well, I mean, a lot of people who... I have a buddy. I was when he went to college and he started going to Oakland University. I said, "What are you going for?" He goes, "Computers." Ah. What are you going to do with computers? Well, they have them there. Oh no, I'm just going to I'm going to learn about computers. Right? It's like, like plastics. Spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! He didn't finish with computers. <laughs> Gee, Chris, how do you know who I'm talking about? I, <laughs> I heard he might be a mutual acquaintance. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and then, yeah, halfway through. He changed his major and he became a history major. And I'm going to be a teacher. And now he does a job that has nothing to do with computers or teaching. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, that's that unfocused. I have a goal, but I don't have a plan. Right. And that's 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 where I see like when because I'm starting to hear more and more. I mean, it's 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 nothing new. They've been beating this drum now for. A good decade, but you know, a college degree—if everybody has one—and then they all become worthless. But if you are yeah. trained in a field like HVAC or something like that, a trade—you know, welding, something specific like that—you can find a job. But yet, there's people right. out there with you know a master's degree who are like, "Would you like fries with that?" Right, because a lot of what higher education is doing is just providing some 
extended structure for somebody's lives, you know? They didn't know what to do after high school, and now they can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> some people just crash and burn with that, and some people realize, well, maybe I don't know what I want to do right now, but if I get into some sort of structure that's built around educating people and providing them with careers, at least supposedly, then maybe that'll help me find my path. And even, like, what I... I went to, uh, I guess you could call it a trade school of sorts for audio engineering. And learned, I learned some things. Actually, the, the, most of it was in music theory, which is something I didn't even know I'd be learning there. But the technical side of it, outside of actually being able to put your hands on an SSL board... Most of the shit was stuff that I had already read in all the magazines that I subscribed to, the books that I had read, the research that I had done online, and the the little bit of of uh, you know practical recording experience that I had on my own. All these things that are were available to me because of technology, and I sought out and stuck with because I because I had a passion for it. This is something that I was interested in and I wanted to do and was excited about. The only thing that I really got from going to school from it was a certificate that I could show somebody that, yeah, I actually did pay money for somebody to teach me shit about this. And uh, a little bit of community, you know, some, some structure, just t- talking to other people who are in my same situation. So, you know, I... I can't say that it was completely worthless. Even though I wasn't educated in the way that I thought that I was, I still gained from it. Well, I, I, another thing is, <clears throat> I think there's a certain anti-intellectualism that's going around. Maybe I'm just noticing it more as I get older. But it, yeah. it, it seems like it's it's definitely been ramped up in the last like decade or two. Where I, I thought about this, isn't it just kind of always been there? I mean, and maybe we just notice it more because we're getting older. Or is it? Or is it? Used yeah. to be, you could turn on one of the four you know major channels and watch Gore Vidal debate you know somebody and have an intelligent conversation slash debate. And it was readily available. Now you have to seek that shit out. But, you know, if we had cable, I could turn on a TV, cover my, my eyes, flip just a, a random number of channels, and find some bullshit reality show with somebody getting drunk and fucking and hooking up and all that shit. I mean, <coughs> I guess it's always been there. It just seems like it's celebrated more. Oh, for sure. We're We're, we're slowly... Heading towards that idiocracy horizon. I mean, I've I've pulled up at work, and I'll have a podcast on, and there'll be like, you know, an evolutionary biologist or something talking about mating rituals and how they've changed over the years. And my coworkers will be like, what the fuck are you listening to? You going to college or something? Why are you listening to that? I'm like, why wouldn't I listen? Oh, wait a minute. I should, I should, I should. Listen to Sweet Ala- Sweet Home Alabama for the hundred millionth time. <laughs> you know, what? Because because I kind of got long hair and a beard. I got I got to listen to to that 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 
that young hee-haw bullshit, top 40 garbage with a steel guitar thrown on, talking about pickup trucks and shit? No. I, I don't know. Because even though I'm 40, and most likely I'll die fucking poor, doesn't mean I, I don't have a desire to learn new things. Like it's 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 that it literally I, I I literally am giddy. I laughed when I was a kid at the absurdity of Bill Hicks' joke. I went to a Waffle House. I was hungry. I'm not proud of it. And I'm reading a book. And the waitress walks up and goes, "What you reading for?" Not what am I reading? What am I reading <laughs> for? Yeah. Huh? You stumped me. Maybe I read so I don't become a fucking waffle waitress. You know? And it's like. I'm the equivalent of a waffle waitress. I've accepted that. It doesn't mean that my desire to learn new things has gone away, that I'm just like, well, fuck it. Here's, that's, my, that's my station in life. Right. I, I better right. play up the role. Here, Aaron, hand me those pliers. Let me yank out a few teeth. There we go. There. Put some dip in my lip. I mean, school, school's over. Done learning. Right. The, there's only value in knowledge when you can apply it, which is... A, is a faulty premise but well yeah and it's it's and then it's this fake the, even even the people who, f, who like act like they have some reverence towards n- knowledge and I, I you know i guess i should say this there's a difference between wisdom and intelligence i know some very intelligent people who are dumb as a box of rocks when it comes to everyday shit mm-hmm. i mean i got I got huge dead zones in, in, in areas I should know how to do shit, but then other areas I know the ins and outs of that people are like, if you're that intelligent, how come you can't excel in this area? I don't fucking know, because I'm stupid when it comes to that area. I got to work five times as hard as the average person. It makes no sense. Math never came easy to me. English did. Right. You know, uh, sports never came easy to me. Music did. I can understand music concepts after playing guitar for six months that I know people who've been playing for 20 years still don't understand. And it's not for lack of trying. It's just like something doesn't click. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, there's... I understand the difference between those two, but there's like this fake reverence for like knowledge that seems to go about that's driven by groupthink. You know, Stephen Hawking just died, and I saw a lot of people... Like, you know, oh, R.I.P. and all this shit. And I'm thinking, what, what do you know him from besides maybe The Simpsons, a Pink Floyd song, or a Family Guy skit? <laughs> or, or the Big Bang Theory. Or, yeah, yeah. The ultimate in, hey, ha, 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 I'm smart and I'm a nerd. I watch the Big Bang Theory. No, you're just part of the herd. That's all you right. are. You're not a nerd. You're part of the herd. It's so... <laughs> You can yeah you have the you have the picture uh, the poster on your wall of Albert Einstein sticking his tongue out but you couldn't tell me what e equals mc squared even means and if you don't understand it that's fine right it, go no. out and find out what it means certainly and find someone if you watch one youtube video and you're sitting there like we're talking about with that Tucker Carlson, huh? Look on your face after watching one video. Find another video. Maybe another person will explain it to you in a way that makes sense. It, there's no shame in that. But it seems like 
it, it, I mean, this is once again, God damn, this carpet's. It, 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 we we haven't walked on it recently, but we did for a while there. We were really fucking wearing a hole in it, going back and forth over this. It's the whole. It's not okay to say I don't know. Yeah. And to me, it's like I. That's a lot of our problem right now. We have from a president who refuses to give a, to say I don't know. He'll just make up an answer and throw it out there. Versus say I don't know. Uh, I mean, and he doesn't, he doesn't have to get up there and go, I don't know. He could put it, if he was capable of it, in a very politic way, you know. Uh, I, we haven't looked into that yet. Me and my cabinet will, are, are still researching it, and the numbers are still, you know, whatever the fuck. Give me the, give me the fucking doublespeak answer. But that's, that's like a sin. You, oh, no, that's, that's, worse, that's worse than just making up shit and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> And that's where I say this anti-intellectualism is. There's just like I don't I don't know I don't know how to explain it. Like I guess because I'm a, a very curious person about a lot of things. That when I run into someone who's not, I'm like they still make you. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you like oh, a Betamax? They, they make them more than ever. <laughs> Chris sent a. A picture of Tucker doing that's, the face I was talking that's, about. Yes, that's the. That's it. You know what he looks like? He looks like a, a boy whose first sexual experience was with a transsexual. Trying to figure out. It's not what I thought it would look like. The top half looked right. <laughs> Something was off about the bottom half. <laughs> I think she had an oversized clit. You know, it just something's not adding up here. Okay, another okay. Like another thing, I used to think. I used to think to get into like Ford, Chrysler, GM, Detroit Diesel. Man, that's the best of the best. You got to be on point, on your game. I deal with people who work at the Wayne Assembly Plant. Right. If that's the best of the best, drop the nukes now, because <laughs> the, the, when I have to meet some of these people, and I go, "Are you at the?" East, main, or west gate. And they go, oh. <laughs> How long you been working there? Five years. And you don't know even where the main gate is? Here's a hint. It fucking says main gate over the top of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, maybe that. And then if you understand that I'm facing north, Oh, that would be the east gate this way, wouldn't it? So that would make that gate the west gate. Yeah. How the fuck? These I'm people not a motherfucking compass. I just want my food. <laughs> these are motherfuckers assembling vehicles that we get in every day and, and risk our lives in. This yeah. does not make me happy with my fusion purchase. <laughs> I'm sorry, Don. I know you work for Ford. It's not... But you know, you have to know. There's a lot of dumb hey, people you work with. You're four household, <laughs> both of you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, but, and, but here's the thing: it's not brand loyalty to me. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not like that. I mean, I. It's because well, it got good gas mileage when you're not stopping and starting on the fucking surface streets. Yeah. And that's what I thought I would be using it for—just normal driving, not what I'm doing with it. And two. It had a pretty good dependability rating. And three, low mileage, and for the price they were asking, I couldn't pass it up. Yep. That was simply it. If it had been a GM product, a Chrysler product, if it had been a fucking Honda, 
I'd have jumped on it. But I love Hondas. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not like I'm not like I was looking for a Honda and I bought a Ford. As well, they didn't have a Honda that was nice enough and low enough miles at the same price. So, yeah, but once again, <laughs> oh, oh, I better hope no one in this neighborhood somehow hears me say this because I'm pretty sure there's a few auto workers in this neighborhood. A hundred thousand on a Honda. It's like forty thousand on a Ford, or oh, excuse me, but yeah, hundred thousand on a Honda. What are you trying to be in the Fast and the Furious? No, I'm talking about miles. Oh, those those cars are just. My dad had my dad. My, my uncle had a Toyota Corolla. That motherfucker lasted for almost two decades. Oh yeah, and I'm just the bare maintenance you're supposed to do with a car. Yep. the The oldest car that's lasted my family was a Cadillac. From the seventies, it made it into the nineties before it finally just shit out, and it was like it's just no, we're not worth putting any more money into this thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, so the quality of build, let's be honest, it's better on foreign cars a lot of a lot of times. I mean, you're going to get a Kia, you're driving around in a saltine box, you know that, you know where you bought that car. <laughs> well, I don't. Domestic the, the Ford is. And uh, and Chevy, other domestic producers, uh, they have gotten their shit together. I'll give them that. I just, I, I'll be honest with you. I did never understood the reverence for the boxy 5.0 Mustangs. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, you know, the ones that looked like Capris. Right. And Capris looked like Mustangs. I'm just like, I don't, first of all, they're ugly. Second of all, they're not all that great at cars. And they're not that well built. It, it, it's like buying a '70s Strat. Yeah, it's vintage, <laughs> right. but it's a '70s Strat. You know, yeah. I mean, I worked at a guitar store in 1991. We were selling '70s Fender gear for like I, a, a thin line Tele. I think we sold for 150 bucks. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, but it's vintage now. Now I'll give you two grand for it. Yeah. You spent two grand on a shitty-ass fucking 70s Fender Telly, though. But the micro-tilt neck. No, it's garbage. Trust me. I know. Oh, I've worked geez. on them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those. <laughs> They're shit. I've worked on them. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I But it, 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 once again, like I said, it's just I, things I've had to retrain my mind to accept. It's... And I don't know why I, be- I believe these things. Like, you know, oh, if you work it, if you work it, Ford, Chrysler, GM, whatever, that's like, you know, the best of the best of the, like, they, like, 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 like they have recruiters who go around to the local f- sweat shops and they're like, who's your best worker? Here, we're going to, here, we're going to recruit you in the Ford. Come here. Come here, young man. You know, no. Going up to the big leagues. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> You're not being called up to Ford for a cup of coffee and to sit in the bullpen. No, you had an uncle that works there. <laughs> yeah, you, pretty much. <laughs> they said, okay, we, we got a job for you. We need somebody to sit on this stool for 10 hours a day. And when this light goes off, push this lever. Make sure nobody sticks their hand underneath this thing. God, do you know... I would seriously give one of my balls for that fucking job right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh, yeah. Pay me fifteen dollars oh, yeah. an hour. Oh, give me the that. current benefits. <laughs> I'll do it. No, that's because that's starting. As long as I, well, I'd say it's way more than that to, to start these days. Oh yeah. Shit, I thought they bumped it down to like new employees. Oh, like maybe 15. They, maybe they have. Yeah. 
Well, there was all those buyouts, and they closed a bunch, bunch of factories. Right. That's so. true. Uh, who knows? It might I'm be back up to it. I'm working on current information. <laughs> it might be back up to it, though. I mean, Ford was the only auto company that didn't take government money, right? Um, yeah. Correct. That's, they, they did manage to pull out of their nosedive on their uh, own I'm, accord. Yeah, exactly. No, they hocked the blue oval for something. They They... Yeah, they, that, they basically pawned their trademark. That's how they got their cash. They bought it back. Everything's legit now, obviously. Well, never wasn't legit, but that's how they avoided. They sold off their IP like Marvel? Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, for two self-labeled libertarians and a half-assed libertarian, don't you got to respect it that they, they said, fuck it? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna dig yeah, ourselves. Yeah. We dug ourselves into this hole. We're gonna climb out of it on our own. Man, yeah, instead absolutely. of government motors. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. yeah. I I would have been fine with. I mean, who knows what it would have done to our local economy? But idealistically, I would be fine with Ford coming out as the sole remaining profitable. Detroit car producer. I, but, I mean, I guess it's it's I, I don't know. It, it's, it's it, you know you talking about this. I, I kind of want to touch on the whole thing with Toys R Us. Yeah, I was I was going to bring that up. Thank you. Um, well, also because you kept you were saying like I guess I got to get used to thinking about you know. Private space travel, and that maybe we don't need as many colleges as we have, and that's another thing that I think that it's a big reason why it was such a big story that Toys R Us announced finally that they couldn't meet the terms of their bankruptcy and they're going to have to fold completely. It, the reason it's such a uh, that story caught on so much is because everybody just thought that like. I mean, understanding that there's competition in just about every market now online, that you couldn't get away from the tactile experience of going to a Toys R Us, right? It was a, a unique experience that dominated the market for decades because that's where you went to see everything. You want to see all the fucking toys? They're all in one place. Hell yeah, because I I, I I guess the reason it kind of hit me hard is I don't have many childhood memories of Toys R Us, uh-huh. but I worked at it. I do. Not all of them were good either. I worked. <laughs> I pissed my pants in the Toys R Us one time. But you know, I I, I worked for holiday seasons, and uh, one time I stayed on for six months afterwards until I found a, a higher paying job, but. You know, having worked there, I remember, and I worked there 96, 97, 98, 99 into 2000. Okay. And I remember thinking, wow, if you took away the collectors who come in and the minute we open the doors in the morning after doing stock, right, digging through the pegs, looking for certain action figures, Hot Wheels shit, and walking out literally, like when they would go, can I get an empty box? And we'd bring them back one that we hadn't crushed yet or bailed up yet, and they just stuff them with them. Walk up, two hundred dollars, easy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when figures were going for like four bucks, five bucks a pop. 
I have no idea how much they go for now. I I did look up online because I thought it was weird. Because I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, why would you go physically to a Toys R Us now when you could just go online, hunt for the one figure you want, order it, get it delivered to your house yeah. with Amazon Prime in two days, shipping free? Why would you go stand and dig through fucking rows and rows of pegs three, four times a week and maybe one day a week find you know one figure you want or that one Hot, hot Wheels race car you want? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got to believe that that... That and really poor business decision making on their part because when they sold, when the when the guy who started Toys R Us sold the company, they bought the company and they bought they bought it on like ninety percent of what they paid for it. They put the company itself up as collateral for the loan to buy it. You see what I'm saying? So if they didn't repay the loan, the bank would go. Right. Give us your company. Right, I gotcha. And it was like, when is that a very good business decision? If you can't afford to buy a company outright, you probably shouldn't be trying to play with the big boys. Yeah. And so they started closing stores a decade ago. Because I believe this sale was in 2004. And by 2007, you know, the wheels started coming off. Well, right. But I I think a lot of people wanted to believe that that Toys R Us were never going to go away completely, right? That, that we would still have that need for a tech. Like, I used to work at Guitar Center, and that's certainly a business that we've seen online sales affect in a major way. And, you know, I, I saw it happen right in front of me, and it was very evident in my paycheck every week that continued to go down and down yeah. as I was paid the same standard commission rate on now dwindling sales and I couldn't do anything about it. There was no convincing somebody that they just couldn't order that strap with all the features that they wanted online. And even if they didn't love it, they'd ship it back for free and get another one. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. So the side, but still there are guitar centers, right? Uh, they've probably continued to open Barely. stores. Uh, they're operating, you know. They've they've learned to adjust in a lot of ways, and they're certainly not as busy as they used to be. No, but they have added a but lot they, of a lot of things they didn't used to do. Yeah, absolutely. They're, pro- they're providing services now mm-hmm. too. They've come to understand that that you if you don't ha- if you're not a hub where people come to service and learn about their instruments. Then you have no competition with uh, with online, or, or you're you're not going to be competitive with online, I should yeah. say. But they are surviving, and I think that's how we thought of Toys R Us. Like, yeah, there'll be less stores, but you know, we're always going to want a place where you can go and see all the fucking toys, right? Well, yeah, and it's called Amazon, and you just search for what you want. <laughs> I mean, the last time I was in a Toys R Us was the Seven Mile Middle Belt one, and that was one that I had worked at for for two seasons. And I went in November, and I can tell you that I hadn't been in a Toys R Us since two thousand two at that point. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and it was dead. I walked around for fifteen minutes looking for an employee to to go to the front counter to check me out, and I'm like. 
November when I worked at Toys R Us. Yeah. It was assholes staying at Talbos, man. It was like, you know, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We were f- fully staffed. You know, I was midnight stock. We had to come in the last two hours they were open. And most of the time, we wouldn't even be able to touch the stock in the back that was waiting for us until we were closed because we were helping customers. I mean, it, but I mean, it was just a fucking wasteland. And when I got up there, the whole reason I went there was because I saw online, if you buy two video games, you buy one, you get one half price. Right. Or excuse me, if you buy two of these video games by the same video game manufacturer, you get them both half price. So basically, buy one, get one free. And I walked in, and the guy rang it up, and he rang up the first one. And he rang up the second one, he, and he stopped, and he got this look in his face, and he goes, I, I'm sorry, I, I must have done something wrong. And I'm like, what, what's, going, what's wrong? And he's like, it's ringing up for $60 for two video games. They should be 60 each. And I'm like, no, you have a sale going on. <laughs> yeah. That would have got my ass fired back in the day. If I didn't... <laughs> I better know what was on sale when that weekly when that weekly right. you know cattle or flyer hit, and I better stock the end caps with whatever was on fucking sale. It's like the game wall. When I worked the game wall, <laughs> when you opened up, there was to be no holes in that game wall. If you could see the back of that game wall, here come the midnight manager going, "The yeah. fuck were you doing all night?" Seriously, you have literally ten hours to stock this fucking game wall. I understand you're by yourself. And, and people go, new, new hires would go, oh, we don't, we're out of this game. We're out of Battleship, let's just say. Then stuff it with shoots and ladders. It's Christmas time. People are going to come in and buy shit. We have to get the product on the shelves, blah, blah, blah. It was not like that. I mean, I'm talking yeah. three, four feet of empty shelf space. It was sad. It is interesting in our, in our changing economy, right? We're, we're leaning more now on, uh, on service industries. To, to prop up our economy. If we're, we don't manufacture as much stuff anymore, but we've made up for it in IT and service. Only we're not, uh, her service doesn't seem to be getting any better, right? Oh, God, no. <laughs> if this is now supposed to be a way where people could actually, you know, make a living at it, why is the quality going down in most experiences that I have? Less choices. Yeah, pretty much. It's the electric company mindset. If you, I work in an industry where you got a lot of choices, and we take it on the chin just to keep a customer. A lot of times. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll end up eating a fifty dollar order if they're a good customer, yeah. and we'll do it Literally. and not even think twice about it. <laughs> and it irritates me because. This particular store I work at got the reputation to be in the pushover store. <laughs> and when I went to go start to work for them, the new, I, I, I came with the new owner, and he was like, no, no more of this shit. If people call up and they say, I ordered something before, it was fucked up, what you do is he had a book, and it had tickets, and it had numbers on it. He goes, get their phone number put it in a computer, put the number of their complaint with the number on the ticket. And if they're here, hand them their copy of the ticket. If they're not, read them that number. Have them read the number back to you and tell them you're going to have to come in, give us your phone number or call us, give us your phone number and give us this number we just gave you. Yeah. And then we'll 
we'll give you, you know, what you called and we messed up. And That's we, what saw, we used to do when I worked at Little Caesars. We saw well, we saw a dip in business. Yeah, because people would call up and go, "Uh, yeah, you fucked up my order, and I need uh, you know, forty, fifty dollars worth of food." And we'd go, "Okay, can I get your phone number?" Yeah, you know, blah 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 blah. Put it in. Mm, is it under another number because it says you've never ordered under this number? Uh, try this one. Nope. Try this one. Nope. Well, I did. I ordered. I order all the time, and I'm like, no, you don't. I have, the, we literally, that's the first thing we do is get your phone number. We put it in the computer. If you would have ordered, I'd have your entire order history here. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I have ordered, by the way, this was 2015, I want to say. And I had order histories going back to 2008. I could pull up people's order history that far back. You know, and we we took a hit in the business, but you know what it did ultimately? We started getting less bullshit customers. Now, we're doing way better business than we've done ever at that store, and I've worked on and off at that store since 2013. So, I, I don't know. Customer service is important, but you can't. Let them run roughshod over you because in the end you're just you're giving away product, and you can't do that. Well, well yeah. On someone but, say but so. Customer service is kind of something different, though. Like uh, actually providing so, and, a service. Like it, in some people's mind, it's not. That's all I'm saying. Right. Some people's mind is I'm the customer. Whatever I say goes, and it's like it, it can't. It can't be that way. Yeah, that's true. I certainly can't fault only the people working uh, in the service industry for the erosion of the relationship. There's plenty of people on the customer side that are just as guilty. But at the same time, it's it's there's a rudeness that I just don't remember being there, and it's or I should say. Chris, you might understand what I'm about to say. It was always there, but you you had to go. Oh, it, it took a lot longer for the customer to get as rude as they get, as quick as they get now. Like I've seen customers go from zero to a hundred, like that. And it used to be like, you know, hey, I want this. I'm sorry, we can't do that. You give them a counter offer. You basically have a negotiation. You settle on a number. If you can't settle on a number, that's when the customer would escalate shit. Now it's like customers walk in. You know, I, I, I've literally had customers walk in and say, yeah, I'm here to pick up my motherfucking order. My food better be hot. Uh, okay. What the fuck is that? How, how, do you, how, how does a grown-ass adult walk into a situation and think that's an acceptable way to talk to anybody? Yeah. Just because you're purchasing something doesn't give you license to be a dick. I mean, Jesus Christ! You, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I remember saying to a coworker, I'm like, you know, if you walk into a strip club and be like, "Bitch, I gave you twenty dollars, now shake that ass," they're gonna beat the shit out of you as they're throwing you out the front door. Like, you can't even talk to fucking, you know, quote unquote, sex workers like that because you get the shit beat out of you. Yet people think it's okay to walk into a place and just be. 
Yeah, motherfucker. Who? First of all, my, my name tag doesn't say motherfucker, and you ain't Samuel L. Jackson. So, you know, this ain't cool. But you can't explain it to people who've never worked in the, in the, in the service industry because they've never seen it from the other side. They don't understand it. They go, well, the customer's always right. No, you're not. Because you got a lot of customers that are full of shit. There's videos on YouTube of guys teaching you how to get free shit from McDonald's and Burger King. <laughs> right. And literally, they're, they're sitting in their car and they're like, now watch this. I'm going to pull up. Watch this. Uh, yeah, I need a number six and you messed up my order last time. So you guys said it'd be free. <laughs> well, who said it? I don't know. Manager. Manager. When was this? Two nights ago. Male or female? Male. All right, hold on. Ten seconds later. All right, pull forward. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, that's all you got to do? Yep. Just act like, you, act, like, the, act like you're supposed to be there type thing. There's a video of the guy teaching you how to buy like a regular hamburger and get a Big Mac. <laughs> that's just sneaky motherfuckers. So <laughs> I almost respect those type right? people. <laughs> well, yeah, but isn't the concept the same? Okay, but it's like if you call, all right. If you call and you want a five-topping pizza, but you don't want to pay what the... Like, we have a deluxe. Pepperoni, ham, mushrooms, onion, green peppers. But let's say you don't want those five toppings. Yes. I kind of respect the game of people who are slick enough to either online or call up and do this. Yeah, I'd like a deluxe, but um, I want no pepperoni, ham, uh, and and mushrooms. I want... uh, Instead, can I substitute Italian sausage, bacon, and black olives? And I'm like, yeah. Now, technically, it's no longer deluxe. Right. But it's the same amount of items. Mm-hmm. And so I charge them the same. I give them the same coupon prices as deluxe. No, you got to respect sure. it. No, there was... At my old job, no, there was a, a way to do something where you could get a an item that cost you $2 more for only $1.50 more. And the people who figured it out, I always gave it to them. It's like, respect. You fucking figured it out. You <laughs> math. Well, see, to me, though, the guy who wants the Big Mac, like, McDonald's has the Big Mac, and you can order it, right? And the fact that you've figured out how to get the same Big Mac, only pay less money for it by 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 tricking the staff, is like... I could understand it if they stopped offering the Big Mac, Right, and you figured out a way to get them to make that. Like I've done this with Taco Bell. That's me at Del Taco, by the way. This Jacked is, up chicken soft tacos. But my ex used to love tostadas, right? And they stopped serving them. And I've, there was something that we could order in a certain way and get it, and then they stopped serving that. And I was just like, I remember having a conversation with them. And I'm like, okay, well, you still have the flat corn tortillas, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, those go in the, you know, whatever, the cheesy cordita crunch, whatever. Okay. So I want a cheesy cordita crunch. <laughs> hold the flour tortilla, right? <laughs> and just put all the shit on the one side of it and serve it face up. I actually paid twice as much for this thing, but I got what the fuck I wanted. Exactly. I was about to say, yeah. I At the Del Taco. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I just remember I was in L.A. one time with the lead singer of my old band, 
and kept asking for a triple cheeseburger at places at Burger King, and I kept telling them we don't have it. And I kept going, watch this, motherfucker. Like, ordered a double cheeseburger, and I'm like, yeah, can I get an extra meat patty on that? And they're like, yeah, sure. And it added it, and like, there you go. <laughs> like, if you ask them for a triple cheeseburger, they'll just stare at you and go, oh, uh, we don't have that. You if have you order to, it that way, they fucking... Yeah. <laughs> you have to tell them... Basically, what you want punched into the computer. If they don't have a picture yeah. of a triple cheeseburger, they don't know what to do. But they've got double cheeseburger plus patty. Those are two different buttons. Well, no, it's with with Mandy when we go to McDonald's. She likes to get a bun with uh, cheese and pickles. You try to order that at the window, they stare at you like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you order it, you order it on the app, you customize it, no fucking problem." <laughs> They've, oh, yeah. they've handed it to you. Here you go. Have a nice day. Here's your bun with ketchup and pickles or whatever it was. <laughs> pickles and cheese. Pickles and cheese. Yeah. You order it on the app. They make it for you. No problem. No mistakes. Nothing. You try to order it at the window. They're like, you got to pull forward. It's like asking them to divide by zero or something. They're like, I can't do yeah. it. No, it's a Del Taco here uh, on Middle Belt down the street. I was I was probably about once a week. I I get a, I just like oh I got a craving for some jacked up chicken soft tacos. They stopped making them, so I pull up and you know I you don't make them anymore. No, I'm like, do you have the green sauce? Yeah. Do you have the pepper jack cheese? Yeah. Okay, huh? can I get a chicken soft taco with no cheddar, no secret sauce? Add. Right. You know the the cheese and the, and the, and the green sauce, and they go, oh okay. And then finally, I I would go late at night, usually when I got off work, and I was coming home, and this and this this lady who's a manager there was like, I'm going through the whole explanation of how to do it. And she goes, why don't you just order jacked up chicken soft tacos? I'm like, because every time I do at the window at the drive through, you tell me that your your employers are telling me they don't have them. She goes, right. this is what you do. Oh my! She and she goes. I'm so sorry about this, but this is what you do. You tell them to look at the Baja menu on the computer. Uh-huh. It's under that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And she rang them up, and I'm like, uh, that's cheaper than I usually pay. She goes, because they're charging you extra for everything you put on there when they should just do that. So now I pull up, like, yeah. Uh, let me get four chicken jacked up chicken soft tacos. We don't have those. Okay, what you want to do? You look at your computer screen. <laughs> yeah okay you want to go to the Baja section oh they are there How, did you did you used to work here nope <laughs> I just got it like that I'm a this, fucking wizard I'm a taco wizard bitch this is why these apps are genius and this is your fucking $15 an hour like you want to get paid $15 an hour to work for McDonald's okay we're hiring at our tech center for our app if you, go get a job there. If you can't, otherwise, then you're on your own. <laughs> I for a, for a hot minute, I had a buddy who was working in Southfield. He didn't work specifically for Apple. He was a contract employee to Apple, but it was their call center for tech help. And I said, "Oh, so you got to know a lot about Apple products?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> Like, he well, said, then, how do you how to do a search? How do you do it? And he goes, I type it into Google. I watch a video. And then I explain to them step by step of what I'm watching on the video. Right. And I'm like, you see, you're doing nothing that they couldn't do themselves. He goes, 
Most people are either too stupid or too lazy to figure out how to do it themselves. Hey. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Really? And you make 12 bucks an hour to do this to start? Plus benefits? <sighs> yeah, when he, no, when he, when he no-called, no-showed and left that job and I had him down as a reference, they were like, yeah, we'll go ahead and keep your application on file. I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> dude. Really? You couldn't have, couldn't have been responsible enough till I got hired, then quit? But yeah, it's it, it, it's, literally, it's literally there. You go. There's now. But let's be honest here. Who's putting in more work? Who's putting in more work? The guy sitting there googling how to fucking reset your iPhone, and and descri- and reading instructions to you over the phone, or the people who work in a fast food place. Yet the people, the people he started off making what you'll end up making in a year or two working at a fast food place. Yeah. So let's be honest here. If we're going to talk about effort put in versus pay, technically he should be making minimum wage, and these people should be making twelve bucks an hour. And when they fuck up, if you're going to make twelve bucks an hour and you fuck up an order, you only get so many fuck ups, and then you get shown the door. Uh huh. Period. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, not everyone is made to do every fucking job. I've trained people who could never get the handle of a point-of-sale system. And inevitably what I hear is, it's a bunch of words. It's not pictures. Oh, God, reading's involved. What, what, can you read? Yeah. What are What's you, the six? problem? Yeah. Exactly. Do, I, do we need to have a, a pop-up book to show you how to fucking put an order in? I mean, it's not that hard. And to be completely honest with you, the hardest part of working a, a job like at a restaurant or a pizza place or something is not the day-to-day bullshit. That's just that's just like, ugh, gotta, I got to dice a whole fucking bag of onions again. It's no big deal. It's dealing with the bullshit you put up with. That's what the fuck you get paid to do. Because you'd be surprised when people cannot bite their fucking tongue. Yeah, I don't care what pizza place you work at. If you ever want a reason to hate humanity... <laughs> Go work at any one of them. <laughs> You'll find plenty. I have to say this. If the first words out of your mouth when you call a pizza place is, what specials do you have today? Hang up. Hang up. <laughs> okay. Is it going to be a long call? It, it, it's, oh, God. What toppings you got? <laughs> it is 6 o'clock in the evening on a Friday. There's... Four million feet of snow falling on top of the million of f- feet of snow we already have, and you want me to read you our entire fucking menu and and get mad and cuss me out if I forget to tell them that ground beef is an option. <laughs> well, first of all, they already know this isn't their first pizza, right? <laughs> you would think. They know what they like on it. Let's start there. Do, I mean... Unless you got, what are you looking for? Right. Unless you have like some weird topping that isn't always stocked. Just ask that one. Hanging up on you. Where I work, we ran our first television commercial that wasn't around Halloween or Valentine's Day for the first time in close to a decade, and. It's helped business a little bit. Personally, I think it's a little too little too late because we're a dying franchise. Yeah. 
I mean, at this point, I should might as well just tell people where the fuck I work. If you live in Michigan, it's Papa Romano's. If you don't, you're going, who? And believe me, even if you live in Michigan, there's a lot of people going, who? But <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's a dying franchise. And, you know, most of our stores have been there 20 plus years. Our menu hasn't changed that much. Yeah. In fact, we've we haven't really added to it. We've only subtracted from it. So when people call up and I see their phone number and I punch it in and I see triple digits as far as how many orders they have and the first words out their mouth is what specials you got? <laughs> Bitch, the same specials that you but you can't say that. So you just, but I've narrowed it down to this. You can get a large one topping for 9.99 or a large three topping for 12.99. There you go. Meanwhile, I have four screens of coupons. I'm not reading all the fucking coupons off. Yeah. I'm not doing it. There, there's your options. And it, Give them the two most popular. Yep. There you go. And I, I swear to God, this is how come I wasn't joking. I would give, I would give first of all, I, I don't want any more kids. And I, my dick, besides pissing, is pretty much just there for looks at this point. <laughs> I give one of my balls to just sit on a stool, press a button, and make parts all day for... I, more than I make now. Right. Somewhere I can just put over-the-ear headphones on and fuck everybody. Well, you said that uh, over the last couple of decades, that the, the menu hadn't changed, and if anything, it had gotten smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Which made me think of both Toys R Us and EMU, right? In our discussions about Toys R Us managed it. I mean... We thought it was going to be there forever because it just always was, and it never really changed that much. Certainly, the toys change, but the general idea of the store never really changed and just kind of got smaller until it went away. And maybe that's what's going to have have to happen with schools as well. That they just they just get smaller until they go away, or we get a bunch of specialty schools. Or we call it, all go online. Or we call up a school and go, what specials you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a communications uh, degree that's absolutely useless. You got a free bag of mushrooms if you sign up. <laughs> oh, I totally sign up for that school. Shit. Shrooms are hard to come by. In fact, I'd be, I'd be sending friends there who are like, they're like, I don't even like tripping. Just shut up and sign up and give me your bag. Fuck off. <laughs> but no, I, it, it's... It's it's it, it, either I mean I I get it you either change and adapt or you're gonna die yeah and even the broadcast school that Chris and I went to it's not even a broadcast school by itself anymore it's a media right. arts right right I mean they teach you everything and they had to I mean look at look at what's going on in radio what is it iHeart Radio filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, also known as Clear Channel. Yeah, exactly. Can, can we stop with the bullshit that terrestrial radio is still king now? I mean, it, it, let's be honest here. Between podcasting, satellite radio, Google Music, streaming music, whatever, the, you know, Google Play, whatever the fuck, hasn't radio basically become background noise when you need to play something inoffensive at your workplace? Yeah. yeah, radio is like a it's a hostage situation at this point, <laughs> and you still have people with Stockholm syndrome. 
I love radio. But you know what? The shit that... Case in point, they got rid of Drew and Mike here in Detroit. 23, 24 years on the air as a morning show. Most of them, in, if not number one overall, in the top five easily. And they replaced it with a morning show that came from another station that's based out of Canada. They brought them in. They said, we're going to get a younger audience. Do you know what station we don't listen to at work anymore? 89X. You know what station is always on at work now? Riff. Why? Because they listen to, uh, who is it, Dave and Chuck the Freak in the morning and just leave it on for the rest of the day. Oh, God. And I'm just like, I can't. It worked. They got the younger demographic they wanted. I mean, that was their goal. But I'm guaranteeing you they don't have the same amount of listeners as they did 20 years ago. I guarantee that. They can't. There's just too many options out there. You know, and especially... Do you hate choices? Listen to the radio. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, if if you want to survive in radio, you're option is not to try and skew to a younger demographic because you cannot compete with on-demand podcasts. And meanwhile, meanwhile, AM radio is still a thing. Yeah. Only people over 60 listen to it. 760 here in Detroit. They sell a lot of advertising. Who the fuck's listening to it? I have no idea, though. They certainly do. I mean, they don't even have sports anymore. They used to have the Tigers. They used to have the Red Wings. Those are on FM now. I think the the Lions, they went to AM. But it's the Lions. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's just, you know, I I don't know. I I look at radio and I'm just like, anyone who goes into radio these days, I I just look at them and I'm like, you sure it's what you want to do? I mean, do do you have a trust fund to fall back on? Do you, you know, do you have a lot of brothers and sisters who could maybe put you up when your career's over with in 10 years? Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I hear the horror. I, I, I have a few friends who have younger cousins and brothers and stuff who go to specs, and I hear the horror stories about, the, you know, yeah, I've worked for, I don't know, what used to be DRQ. I can't, I, Nash something or another now. I can't remember what the fuck it is, but, you know, been there for three, four years. I'm still part-time. I'm still making minimum wage. And it's like, do you make tips? How do you survive? Like, I mean, if you worked as a waiter or a delivery driver, at least you make tips of some sort. It's something, you know, your your income is is not just based on minimum wage. And from uh, what I remember, when I worked part-time in Detroit, the company I worked for, you got paid once a month. Yeah. Damn. I mean, think about that. And the one person I know who's went the farthest in local radio interned for three years. He did not get paid. And when he finally got hired in at Riff, he got hired in at Riff 2, their online radio station, which tended to play more of the heavy shit. And okay. so now he's got like his own show on, on Riff that comes on like Sunday nights or whatever called like Enter the Circle Pit or something like that. But that's his niche. That's what he does. And But it took him... At this point, he's been doing it for almost a decade. He started in 2009. Ooh, that was part-time in a media market. Ooh. Do you see what I'm saying? 
but I mean, he, but he loves what he's doing. And I know his family, they're not hurting for money. So, you know, hey, I guess more power to him. I just don't see how anyone could, could go into radio at this point and be like, this is going to be a career. Yeah. I mean, I, when, because well, iHeart is the largest radio company, right? No, it's Cumulus now. Cumulus is? The, the only corporate radio company I ever, or two, the, the one that I worked for full time. Yeah, when I worked for them, they were, they were, they were uh, a cluster that bought up small markets. And yeah, now they're the they're the big dick in the locker room. Huh? Now Shit it has changed. Well, in it, twenty it, years is iHeartRadio the the company that's pushed all like those Doug FM type stations. Well, that's Eric Radio's Clear Channel. It's a Clear Channel. When when the government stepped in, went Clear Channel. You're buying up everything. You have to stop. iHeartRadio was the radio division that came out of it. Okay. Because I just remember when they started like those Doug FM stations or whatever, every city had one for a minute there in the 2000s. It was no the, DJs, like, automated, all music. Yeah. 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 It was basically your iPod before your iPod was your iPod. Yeah. And as long as it wasn't heavy metal or hardcore rap, they played it. Or, or country. But then again, you got a station like 105.1 who tried being the second FM sports station here in Detroit. That went down in flames. Apparently, they're now bad execution. Now they're bounce FM. They're focusing on 90s and early 2000 hip hop, and they're flourishing. Apparently, it is the one radio station that the wife and I agree on. When we feel like having a hostage situation and listening to the radio, (laughs) yeah. Well, right. I mean, this is not a market that's choosing to adapt. I mean, they're not... I I have to listen to the radio in my car a lot, driving around, you know, picking up passengers and... Oh, you don't have sync? Well, no, I, I listen to podcasts on my own, but if I'm picking up a passenger, I let them have their... I've been thinking about just having, you know podcast ready to go on my iphone just saying hey you got a favorite podcast and asking that first but it's generally easier to say you have a favorite radio station see i, I so, i'm still under the delusion that it's like the big lebowski right man it's been a long day i hate the fucking eagles man fuck you you don't like my music get your own cab <laughs> well, i've had a few lift drivers where it's like hey this is what i listen to this is what you're listening to I guess as long as I try, and, I try and feel it out, you know, I don't, I like to listen to NPR and, you know, usually I'll say, would you rather hear some music? And if they do, then, you know, that's fine. But I don't know. I found that most times you can kind of like just pick a general music station and, and go with it. I'm just picturing you picking up a bunch of like 21, 22 year old girls and you're like, no. do you got any Katy Perry? And you're like, no. just, oh, God. Katy Perry, what is he picking up, 30-year-olds? <laughs> I okay, don't think yeah, okay, I'm sorry. You got any little Zan? All right, there, I don't know. I, I think I've picked up one person that I would actually have sex with. And even that was like, yeah. What was his name? <laughs> it was too easy of a joke, Chris. I wasn't going to go for it. Of course, you dove right in head first. 
Didn't even check if the water was shallow or not. Someone has to. Well, no, you know, let me ask. That is a customer service job. Do you? Sure. What is the percentage of assholes you run into? Um, it's pretty low. It's okay. Really damn low, actually. So you haven't had anyone pull out their phone and be like, I'm recording you and I'm going to put you on Facebook because you're a fucking idiot and all that shit. <laughs> no, even the, even the woman who had a problem with my driving, the, the one like bad review that I got, who said that I blew every stop sign and missed a turn. It's true I missed a turn. It's not true that I was blowing stop signs. But she didn't even say anything during the ride. She waited until after. She was... I didn't know that the ride was a problem until I got the bad review. So, see, I, I know it's really late in the show to be bringing this up, but I kind of finally caught up to the rest of humanity and watched pretty much every Black Mirror episode. Uh huh. Maybe that's part of the my, my whole just drop the bombs attitude this <laughs> week. I don't know because it's a very pessimistic show, isn't it? The episode, the episode with with Ron Howard's daughter, where they you can rate people, right? Yes, I just kept thinking of you're talking about people rating you after being, you know, you're you're oh, driving, God. and it's like if you oh if you dip below this, no, honestly, okay, so the the rating structure for Lyft is based on the idea that most people are just going to give you five stars because they don't want to be a dick, right? So it's pretty strict. Like, Chris, you were the one, the first person to introduce me to the concept that you wouldn't take a five or a four six. Fuck right. no. A four, I had, no, a four I had point, a four six. A four point six means that he's got, they have Give enough they have enough bad reviews to you know, you give hundreds of rides, most of them are five stars because they were just okay, but you've had if if like ten people, twenty people give you a bad review then you can get down to a 4.6. And uh, some people just don't even want to bother with that, right? So that bad review that I got was kind of hitting my score pretty bad. And for the last like week and a half, I was at a 4.7. I was right in line. And they even say, they like send you out this little progress report, and it's like, if you go under 4.6, you're at risk of deactivation. And I stopped getting quality rides, right? I'd get the short rides. But if somebody wanted to go to the airport, they're not looking for a four seven. I got I had anxiety over this issue and only as of this morning got back up to a four eight and felt like I could breathe easier and immediately started getting better rides. I made more money today on a four eight than I was last week on a four seven. There is too much Michael <laughs> Douglas from the movie Falling Down in me to do that job. Because I would put the child locks on, lock it so they couldn't roll down the windows and go, I'm going to see if I can get a zero on this ride, yeah. motherfucker. Welcome to hell. But, I mean, because... <laughs> I, I mean... I, uh, but, well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like It's so... That, that uh, nosedive is the episode I'm thinking of. I don't think I've been, like, so, like, man, fuck that. After watching up. TV since I was a kid. Yeah. You know? 
when everything was like, you know, all your emotions are going and everything is, you know, amped up to 10, I was like, oh my God, I hate every fucking buddy in this show. <laughs> and then the fucking the truck driver to picture up, she's like, so where am I taking you? Oh, I'm going to be a, a maid of honor and you want to hear my speech? No. And I was like, I was like, yes. And she's like, man, fuck it. And she's like, well, you're only a two, three. How do you live with it? She goes, I don't give a fuck. Doesn't it feel good to say that? I don't give a fuck. See, that's, there's too much of that in me. Like, I have to do it at work. I, you know, I default back to the Bill Hicks line. Let me plaster on this fake smile and plow through this shit for you brain dead fucks one million more times. But outside of work, I couldn't do it. Like, I just couldn't. Because I think I, there was a scene in there where she's, she, she rents a car, they're all, of course, they're all electric cars, and they didn't give her a charger or an adapter because it was an older car, so she had to go to another... T- right, because she had an older car because she had a lower rating. Rating, yes, right, exactly. Yes. And the guy goes, they didn't give you the adapter? No. He's like, well, we don't have any. And she's like, okay, and she's being so nice, kissing his ass so much, Big. I mean, she's constantly practicing smiling in the right, mirror. Every interaction matters, and she's trying to get her rating back up. And that's how I was fucking driving this I last can, week. I was oh. like going overboard to try and make these good rides to get my rating back up. Now, mind you, I was directly making money off of that rating. I understand, but there was a, there first was of all, a I got purpose a, to that. If I'm going to drive around, I'm going to maximize my effort here. I got to fucking ask, Chris. Dickhead, what's wrong with a four six? <laughs> Point four points. I don't know why. Why are you? It's, why are you four six? Well, no, why listen. Yeah, no, no. It's not. I take it's four, not Chris. four seven or higher. He's not being snobby. He's just looking at the odds. The odds are much greater of him having a poor experience with the four six. Actually, you know why, Rich? He's using the system that's presented with, to him. Here's what's wrong with a four six. I'm. I obviously sound like I'm a tough audience. I give everybody five stars. Yes. So how are you not getting five stars? Okay, well, that's what I'm thinking. Because I've never taken one. So let me ask this question: Do you have to rate every ride you take? Yeah, if you if you're smart about it, do you want to get picked up? I don't think like, people well, give you rides if you just don't respond to the prompts or open up the app again like you there's a 24 hour period where you have to rate your your driver okay i think it just assumes that everything was fine and it just defaults to five stars anyway okay because i'm coming from you wouldn't get knocked for that and i know it's counted i'm coming from it from the point of view of most people who go to sites to rate a company go because they got a beef like if you go to my company's Facebook page, a couple oh, no, different review you're, sites. You're prompted every ride. Okay. To rate it. You're yeah. You're if definitely prompted you're for it. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously, because if you just went by the ratings on certain sites for my company, you'd think like you know that's they the, walk in and it's Lord of the Flies. We're in loincloths, rubbing our balls up and right. down on your pizza. That's a little <laughs> different. If you have a good experience with the business. You probably won't go. You may tell somebody about it, but you're not likely to go online and leave a super positive review or brag about it as you are if you had a bad experience, and then you definitely want everybody to know. 
So you're going to get a higher percentage of bad reviews online by the nature of it. So I mean, if it's if it's I mean, it's obviously you're not you don't have to rate every ride, uh-huh. but if you don't, after 24 hours, it just it defaults to a five star. Then I guess I understand where you're coming from a little better, Chris. Because I'm just I'm still that, that 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 mindset of like, man, the only time people go online is the bitch. Of course, we got a low rating. No, it can, it, it's it's at the end of your ride. You are prompted when you pay. You are a you are prompted to. I should say when you finalize your payment, you are prompted to rate your driver. And again, too, and then I think about too when I haven't rated people five stars. It's been like you know. Like, my first Uber experience ever. I get in, his phone crashes, and he's like, you got to get out. Like, what do you mean I got to fucking get out? I just got in. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Or I had a guy take a call about his band rehearsal, like, while I was in the car, and not, like, over the speakers, like, driving with one hand. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, dude, like, I don't care, but at the same time, it was just it was just the 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 business person in me going like, dude, this is like your storefront. You are like providing a service right now and you are half-assing it. No, absolutely. For your band rehearsal. No, like, absolutely. You could, this, you could have took this call like in 10 minutes after you dropped me off. Like, it, is your band's name the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Aerosmith? Yeah. No. Then you don't need to take the call. It, it's, it's it just, can wait 10 minutes. It's like it's basically you took a personal call while you're quote unquote working. Is why I was like, "Hey, man, what the hell? You could have like I was I wasn't well, having you drive me a half hour away, you know." And right. Well, I mean, it's the, like if you if he was making your burger and just stopped. <laughs> yes, what's up, baby? One Netflix <laughs> and chill later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, get pussy on your own time. All right. All right. I need my bun with ketchup and, and cheese and, and pickles. <laughs> well, or I did have the one guy who started talking to me about chemtrails. <laughs> oh, gosh. You and, know, it was, and it was from the airport coming to my house. I'm like, oh, my God, 45 <laughs> minutes with you, dude. It's going to be great. <laughs> See, I would almost I would rate him five stars and then go above and beyond and find sites to recommend him to people. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I'm that asshole. You know, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. He's the best driver ever, and yeah, he's got he's some like, interesting yeah, theories. Trails. I'm like, you dude, gotta learn the fucking airport. <laughs> That's jet fuel, you idiot! Like, you gotta learn to take cues from your customer. You know, first of all, if they want to talk at all, right? Chat them up a little bit. If they keep the converse, if they bat it back in your on your side of the court, then you got a conversation going. If they're just like, yeah, I work at McDonald's, and then look down at their phone. Take the cue and ride in silence the rest of the way. It's going to be okay. Don't, this idea that you got to chat every customer up leads to these conversations about chemtrails because <laughs> people are just spewing out whatever diarrhea is swirling around inside their brain instead of you know letting, letting the customer talk to you about what they want to talk about. See, that's one of the things I do love about my job. If it's slow and a customer comes in, places an order, and then is waiting... If it's absolutely dead, sometimes you'll get customers who, instead of just waiting and finger-fucking their phone, they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, I've had some interesting... There's some... Because there's a lot of halfway houses and drug uh, sober living houses around where I work. 
Uh, so you get a lot of interesting stories. I mean, like, you know, like, hey, man, you know, dude, uh, you know that car wash down the street? Yeah. Uh, I used to pull into there, fucking push off, nod out. One time, cop banging on the window. What are you doing here? I got my rig hanging out my arm. I'm like, what the fuck you think I'm doing? And I'm just sitting here like, where else am I going to get this stimulating conversation at? Not going to find this in, in, in middle management anywhere. <laughs> or the guy who who was very... I mean, he was adamant that I had to see that the moon landing was faked in the Houston Astrodome. <laughs> he was going, he was not going to leave with his pizza until he, I, until I admitted that. And I'm like, <laughs> I ran, after I got to that point where He's I'm like, talking to me, his pizza would have been cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I started having fun with it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I did hear about that. And Stanley Kubrick filmed it. Right. Didn't he? Right, right, right. That's where. Yeah, no, but you're, you're absolutely right, though, Rich. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> just, just go with it, right? You're, this is a service economy, and you're providing the service right now. So just fucking go with it. Not a, You don't need to challenge everybody if they say something that uh, that you don't agree with. <laughs> we <laughs> and we had a manager who was like that. And when we consolidated stores, moved two stores into one, mm-hmm. the GM spent more time at, at one store. So he never really worked with this manager who was a night manager in the first place. Okay. When we consolidated stores, it threw everyone's schedule into a, into disarray because we obviously had to get rid of people and we had to, you know, certain people had certain seniority so they get certain shifts. Yep. He got bumped today. He was the type of guy that he would stop taking phone calls an hour before we closed. He let the phone ring for 20 minutes. He's like, I ain't answering it. Fuck them. I already broke down a pizza bar. I'm like, bro, we got an hour to close. I can understand maybe yeah. f- five minutes. Wow. I mean, even that's pushing it. But I mean, like an hour? And he's like, who's the manager? I'm a key holder. I'm like, all right, Zool, go ahead. I, I, I ain't got shit to say. And I'm not the type of person to rat somebody out. But, you know, they were like, hey, how come there's no deliveries after nine when you work these days? I don't know. It's crazy. You know, you tell me. <laughs> but it's a Friday night. I don't know. I, I have no idea. And uh, the manager worked with him, and he, he lasted two shifts working with the general manager. And general manager, yeah. he, it, he didn't even last the full second shift. He was like, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I just listened to you argue for 15 minutes on the phone with a customer. Wow. What are you doing? And he's like, because they were wrong. That's not, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're not being paid to be right. As a matter of fact, but nobody's not, paying you for your opinion. That's how I knew I had to stop working with people because I was starting to get like that guy. I mean, I was starting to, it was that too. And there was, and we, we've talked about this. There, there, was starting, there was starting to be a change in the, in the kids. Uh, that were coming to work for me as well. I was going to start living in HR. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, I, my favorite thing... This was six years ago, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw it coming, like, oh, boy. Well, my favorite thing... I in- think I'm I'm built for what's coming. I got I to gotta change careers because I like to eat and live indoors. My favorite thing with the, the change in this company, as far as since I've been there, is the you get hired in... And this is your job title. And you're hired to be 
an insider slash, let's say, backup delivery person. That's literally their job title. They punch in as a driver. Now, they're making above minimum wage plus delivery fee plus tips. I'm making below minimum wage delivery fee plus tips. So when I need them to take a, d- a delivery, because if not, it's going to be like an hour and a half where they get this person gets their food, which is just can't do that. They turn, look at me and go, no, the fuck you mean? No, that's what you got <laughs> hired in to fucking do. No, no, my car's messed up. Well, take your $10 an hour plus tips ass to O'Reilly's down the strip mall and go get your the part to fix your car with the money you're going to make off this delivery. My car gets messed up. You know what I do? Have to get it fixed to come to work, period. This is what you were hired to do. I, why am I arguing with you about what you were hired to do you won't do? And that's and the attitude is, well, whatever. You'll take that pizza before me. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. You know, and I... I, this is how it get off my lawn, kids. This is, uh, old man yells at cloud. I know it, but I'm like I, <laughs> 18, 18 years old. I never walked into a place and did that. Two weeks after I got hired, I would never have done it. Period. I'd have just quit if I didn't want to do my job. It's not like this is a career, even though apparently I'm the only person in history that's going to try to make it into one. <laughs> but I mean, it's like Jesus Christ, man. That's why, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of quitting, well, and I just want to say, and this Aaron <laughs> is why when I come home, I just go to my room and stay there. <laughs> because if I came out here, I would start plotting the clock tower, and I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I, there's there's the water tower off of 696. I could probably get 12 of them before they took me. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I start thinking. <laughs> All right, yeah. We've we've prattled on long enough. Cool. You get the, the Ninja Turtles pizza truck that, like, shoots pizzas out of it at, pe- at people. <laughs> there you go. If I had that, I, everybody who tailgated me's windshield will be covered in pizzas. <laughs> One they of the custom pizzas and shoot them at people. <laughs> One of the best conversations I ever overheard was at Guitar Center and two co-workers were debating on whether the pizza shooter threw hot or cold pizzas <laughs> onto its enemies. Really? And the this merits is your of, argument. of, you know, well, if it was cold, you know, it obviously it works better as a projectile weapon. But, you know, the comeback was that was not the intent. It was more like, you know, when they would... It's warm. It's delicious. When they would, like, lob, what, the the fireballs and the catapults kind of thing. So the molten cheese melts on their face. Right. That was the idea, that it would, like, burn them. So I don't... don't (laughs) Conversations like this and more available at (laughs) ChrisForMe.net. If you, uh, you know... We'll click on the Unregimented tab. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. Email us Unregimented at ChrisForMedia.net. Tell somebody if you like us. If you're new, welcome. If you are returning, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Later, guys. See ya.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.